Um, but yeah, like I've been I've been checked out from the uh, from the just from having like a real like a real strong emotional reaction. Like I was very happy about Beast of Chaos. I saw that, well, but of course, like yeah, it had to be it had to be great news for you. But I the only thing that stopped me from playing Beast of Chaos was a once in a century global pandemic. It's not like I had stopped personally playing them. You know, like I was I was sure. still rolling them out. So it was like it was more that I was residually happy because a lot of my friends who hadn't like dusted their Beast of Chaos in a while, uh, you know, were were reinvested and reinvigorated. Sure. And, you know, it was it, it, it like the best thing that that Beast of Chaos like tome or what are they tome celestials what they're calling tome them? celestial yes the yeah. best thing the tome celestial did was renew people's interest in looking at the army through new eyes you know like sure well i mean it was a good update yeah that's what it comes down to we, we like to see a good update um because it actually looked at the army and said okay what can we legitimately do here right that's going to be helpful right uh and you know it's like well these guys hit like a feather. This is a problem, uh, which is just true. Like, mm -hmm. Beast did have a significant damage problem. And it actually addressed that, right? Because juicing the rend of the entire army turns out quite effective. Does a lot of extra, you know, makes a big difference. Um, I played a couple games with my Beasts uh, after the update. And boy, let me tell you what. Yeah, it's yeah. for real. Yeah, you know, and and it's it's funny that sometimes a a small change, and maybe you think that's small, maybe you don't, but I meant like small as in it's not a lot of words, right? Like we didn't have to go in and rewrite the whole tone. Yeah. Right, and yet, and by the way, it's not like the book is suddenly top of the competitive heap no. or something. No. Um, but it's but it can play. It can play games now, right? And that's cool. The, that's what we all want. Nobody wants to have the Slanesh tome. Right. That's what you don't want. Right. I mean, I mean, exactly. You don't, it, it was, it was one of those very prescient, elegant changes. It played with like what was already in the army. It played with themes that were already going around. Cause like yeah. big rend was kind of like a little bit in there. They just, they just gave it a steroid, right? They gave it to it sooner. Yeah, Making yeah. it table wide was genius. Like heard well, some the, was... the rend aspect had always been part of their their personality from the whole like tearing down civilization and, yeah, and anarchy and stuff yeah. like that Metal. the old version of the of the <laughs> you know of the um of the herdstone had that kind of same effect right so it wasn't like we just suddenly cut something new from whole cloth yeah we just built on a good existing idea great yeah yeah i mean that's that's the kind of shit i want to see more of like i, I like I, I love that it staying in in the identity and you know, doing something interesting with it, pushing the envelope a little bit. And no, like you said, nobody wants to, like, be old, old like, Slanesh, like that oppressive force. No, no, nobody wants to be Slanesh, period. I'm not saying old or new. <laughs> They've never had an incarnation that people were that people wanted. Because before, they were way too strong, and it was not fun to play. Yeah. Now, they're really weak and horrible, and they're not fun to play against. That's funny. Or, or sorry, sorry, flip play, that around. I play as, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they weren't fun to play against or to play because you feel like you were just crushing people without giving them a good game. Now you just die and you don't feel like you're you're able to give a good game. So it's yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, I, I th and Beast of Chaos were kind of sitting in that place where like it, it took so much mental bandwidth to pilot them. I mean, you could win games, but the way you're winning games is by like setting up Fibonacci sequences of of Ungor raiders and shit, and and just not sure. playing the game of Age of Sigmar, 
which is, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when, whenever you're not playing the game of Age of Sigmar to win games of Age of Sigmar, and you're standing on that blade's edge of, like, someone running, just just rolling really hot, so, like, tearing down your genius tactics, and, you know, there's no, there's no safety nets, there's no golden parachute for the army whatsoever, it's just, you, you live or die on this, this blade's edge, that's not fair, or that, that doesn't feel fun. It, it, it can for, a li- like, one game every, you know, every 50, you you dust off your Beast of Chaos, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna lock in today, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play, like, out of my mind, and I'm gonna do these, like, cheeky little plays, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but to do that every tournament a whole year, you know, it it, it gets it's so fatiguing. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's nice. I don't think they're they're pulled out of like totally out of the fire. But again, the best thing that the Tome Celestial did for Beast of Chaos was was reinvigorate the fandom to look at them again, start bringing their Bulgors off the shelf, doing what I told people to do at the beginning of 3.0, which is start looking at Zangors. Something they should have been running to begin with. Like, I, no, not should have been. Like, the goats are best. As a piece of Chaos player, we don't really want to play with stupid fucking birds. We want to play with our sweet goats and bulls and, sh- and monsters. Well, I played with Zangor, and let me tell you what, it's it's real good with you. I know, they're so good. They're so good, though. And Enlightened on Disc are, are like, kind of back into the value, into, like, a like jockeying into that value, value position again. Sure. I mean, I've used, I, I was using Skyfires, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, which, by the way, like Skyfires, I don't know when the last. Do you, do Meth? Do you remember what Skyfire's shooting profile is off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. I thought you were going a slightly different each direction. One fours, threes, neg one, d three. Okay. Okay. Well, they used that to is a comical shooting profile compared to the shooting we have now. Remember when these guys were the scariest thing in the universe? Well, they... when everybody. Was like Skyfires are the doom of man. Well, original and, change host, like it was Skyfires, like were the holy te- unholy terrors of the of the of the universe. These moves, yeah, six, yeah. But these... I got him back out and read it because it had been so long, and I was like, "Wait, this is their profile?" <laughs> you know, I'd been playing against like long strikes and crap like that, and I'm like, "Oh, this, okay, now this is from a different time." Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny how the technology has amped up, isn't it? And I see I see everyone's like sort of popping off. We can kind of go go into the intro here. Um, Snitbag showing up. My two favorites in one spot, dropping a tier one sub for sixteen years of support. Thank you so much. Uh, Tomb King Tristan dropping his Twitch Prime for twenty two years of support. Uh, SJ Arcade popping off for one uh, for a tier one sub for ten years of support. Yes, Snitbag, thank you. I knew Chacking would have my back. J.K. Simmons was the actor I couldn't think of the name of uh, earlier. Uh, yes. Fantastic actor. Uh, the Lord World dropping a tier one for eight years. Says, look at these handsome fellows. Um, Is he watching a different Twitch stream? No, I think he's watching ours. Uh, you know, we might I've break the internet tonight. Them. I think I think we're gonna paint Daddy and and rant Daddy in the same place. <laughs> mm. Oh God, don't get that shit moniker trending. Um, <laughs> rant Daddy. <laughs> oh, why do I do these things to myself? Uh, <laughs> the Lord will drop the, the drop that tier one sub and then gifting a tier one to Hades Death God. He's given twenty four of those gift subs. Uh, G Dad popping off. Uh, for 26 years, tossing out a gift sub of his own, and W. Soren, the mad lad, uh, dropping a good evening from Texas, and 31 years of support. So how's it going, everybody? 
Yeah, Skyfire shooting profile. Is it quaint? It's quaint. Ooh, we got a quaint It is. Blast. It is. Quaint is the perfect word. Oh, I love yeah. it. Quaint is a fantastic word, by the way. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like I have a t-shirt. And by the way, uh, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Uh, I have some uh, Guinness here. Uh, this is my last bottle of Guinness. I'll go through that. And then uh, I bought this very, very special uh, QV blend uh, from Three Sheep's local brewing company here. Uh, this is basically their best of the year. They release it around uh, all the brews, all the craft brews they've done throughout the year. They essentially like they do their devil's cut, and they make a like their their QV blend once a year comes out around St. Patty's. So every year it's different. This is our our 2022 vintage. So I can't wait to crack into that. So very very special occasion. I'm of course your loqua your loquacious Lich King, taking you on a journey through all the adjacencies in AOS. I am the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Welcome to AOS Rantcast 123. I'm joined tonight by the man who needs no introduction, the man with no name, Vince Venturella. How's it going, Vince? Somehow those two things don't work together. But yes, I yeah, I I, hey, man. <laughs> I was like the man who needs no inter. Like I'm the man with no name. Uh, no name. Zap Bradigan. Like was right where my like, ah, just Futurama had the most PhDs of any show on on network tel- uh, televisions writing cast for a while there. Like that's it was over yeah. over educated writing room. So how's it going, man? How's it going? Uh, pretty good. No pretty. complaints. Life goes on. No, no compl- uh, not not even like a, a couple complaints about like uh, 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 like predators and prey or some release at the beginning of the week or. I mean, if you want to see my full thoughts, I delivered a thirty-minute-long diatribe on economics and their you know <laughs> incorrect use because it really is uh, like this is really just a story of economics. That's all it is. Like this is. In in brief, I won't repeat everything I said because nobody wants to hear that. But, um, you know, in brief, in the real world, let's say you want to make some kind of like policy happen. You want to make you want to have some outcome happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say you're a benevolent politician, and your goal would be like, I want to make people less poor. Okay. Yeah. Okay? I'm done with that. That's yeah. Your goal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you can't actually just do that right like you don't even if you're in government you don't just have the power to like do that you could say well you could just give people money some degree but even that isn't actually just automomatically making them less poor it is giving them money but my point is like poverty of course is systemic yeah yeah there's 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 a lot of interlocking systems that actually keep people so you can give people a bunch of money and whilst uh people sub the poverty line tend to inject that money back into the economy better uh, than than other folks, uh, it still doesn't like uplift them from their socioeconomic status so easily. And we've even had a problem with throwing money at education, uh, not pulling them out because these interlocking systems, like you just throw money into mm-hmm. into these 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 schools, and it, do- it it doesn't necessarily like benefit them in a one to one in the ways that we used to because we've just we we have so many other systems wrapped around that uh, food insecurity, uh, you know, uh, you know. So like, yeah, okay, like yes. they can go to school housing now and everything else. Yeah, exactly. housing. Like, there, it's just you can't ever really just like throw money. You know, I want people to be less poor. It's it's never so one to one. Right. So the right. point is, is that when you're in, when you're sort of a, an actor, like give that, people a macro, ma- a microeconomics a lesson here on Rantcast. Let's go. Um. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's very much what this is. This is just them using economics. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you, in the real world, you can't just take direct action very easily. There are some things you can do, but you don't always know what's going to, what's going to happen and so on and so forth. Right. 
And moreover, you can't, because things are so big, so complicated, because you have so little control over the entire system, you know, direct action that will actually immediately produce the outcome you want is nearly impossible. So instead, you attempt to use incentives often to modify behavior, right? So this is used all over the place. Yeah, very Pavlovian, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just that's that's economics 101. Instead, people respond to incentives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why is there a high tax on cigarettes, for example, or or alcohol or something like that? There's why is why do we have sin taxes? Well, because we don't want people to do that as much. And when we do, we want to use that money to pay for the medical care that those people then incur or something, whatever. Like, right, like whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of incentive modifications. The problem with incentive modifications is that they often have unintended consequences. Regulations themselves often have unintended consequences. Okay, fine. In a game, the difference is you are God if you wrote the game, Mm -hmm. to quote Honest Wargamer, because I think Rob made a good point here. Government is limited or or people who make these these kinds of policy decisions are limited. They can't. They can only do so much. They're just another human being, right? Well, the interlocking the systems the in, yeah, the interlocking s- rules of, of the world versus, like, say, a game, uh, they're almost, like, right. not even comparable. Wherein you have total control. Yeah. Right? If So, like, direct action is very easy. If thing is broken, fix thing. Yeah, you push the button and, like... <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> yeah, right. You own the thing completely, 100% and totally. No one else does. Mm-hmm. Right? The conversation begins and ends with you. And so, like, when you use it, you can use incentives in games. There's all sorts of incentives already in play in Age of Sigmar. But when you do so, you need to kind of be careful about how you apply them, where you apply them, what, you th- what you're getting people to do, and so on and so forth. And the challenge here I have is that this system didn't actually address anything that was a problem. It created incentives without the underlying structure to support the proper use of those incentives. I'll be very direct with what I'm saying. So he Knights of Slanesh, for example, are a prime hunter, mm-hmm. right? I'll be Archer as well. You can get bonus points if you go kill the priority targets. But the problem is that's like in the real world saying, we're trying to fight poverty. So here's what we're gonna do. If you make less than this amount of money per year and you, in, and you put $20,000 into a savings account, we, the government, will match you dollar for dollar, but only if you deposit $20,000. Uh, okay, just well, like guess sweating. what? Like, <laughs> yeah, obviously that's insanity, right? You would, if that, if somebody proposed such a policy in the real world, you'd be like, that's lunacy. Because, of course, if nobody I... who's in a challenging economic situation is just going to have 20 Gs sitting yeah. around to invest and double their money. Yeah. Yeah, if right. if I could if I could invest twenty G's free of like of consequence and then like just get money back, then I wouldn't I literally wouldn't be poor. I would be right. rich. That's what rich people do. They their money or at makes least money I, I for would be, them. At minimum, I would be not poor. Yet. Sure, sure, and right. So, and so, but that's exactly what they've just said. That's literally the rule they just created because they said, "Hey, heed knights of Slanesh or Gits or whomever who can't do damage." Mm-hmm. If you do a bunch of damage and kill these really hard to kill and like high value, hard killy things, we'll give you an extra point. Mm-hmm. I wasn't clearing the bar to begin with, man. <laughs> okay. Like that's not the getting the point wasn't the problem here. 
killing the thing was the problem and yeah. you didn't do that at all yeah so anyways it's it's a misplaced set of incentives that won't actually cause the um the changes that they want and ulf paint said he literally just had the same combo with but behavioral science i mean it's behavioral economics right i mean yeah. which is actually my area of interest and, and study yeah and you know like i i just like i wish somebody like richard thaler played war games or something and i would just like love to i want somebody like that who could just read this and be like no 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 no, no. okay look here's where we're wrong and it just be like just really somebody who's that expert because it's just completely off the the it's, it's completely off the reservation on how these kinds of incentive structures should work yeah um yeah anyways so there you go if you want a much longer version of that uh, that is still fast and clippy. I, it's timestamped in last night's video. Go check it out. See, I, I, I wanted to watch. Uh, I like. I, I had my, my my whole plan. My whole day was set up today. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the expensive, awesome beer for tonight's show. Um, I, I know you're you're far healthier than I am. Uh, so it was it was for me. It was my treat. You know, um, I'm gonna buy the buy the fancy beer. I'm gonna I I I put on my uh you know brisket. Earlier today, and the in the uh, slow cooker got up earlier uh, early, so that that could low and slow, and you know marry with all the with all the all the spices and the the deliciousness, so that I could have some uh, a proper boiled dinner. I know it doesn't sound appetizing, but it's fantastic. Um, you know, and just whole day laid out. And I'm like, I'm gonna listen to 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 Vincey V's uh, uh, episode. I just catching some random just sentences. Uh, from when the article dropped, I'm like, oh man, we're gonna get spice. We're gonna get like spice vents on Warhammer Weekly. I can't wait to listen. I'm gonna turn it on in the work truck. I'm gonna leisurely bill a few few tickets and drive around. And then I was on one job site for nine and a half hours, and like Ouch. the whole day just just got away from me. So so thank you for for kind of resetting that and giving me the annotated version. Obviously, uh, me being a benevolent. Uh, podcaster supporting uh, the smaller content creator here, really platforming you and giving you a chance. I to, appreciate that, to, man. Really do. We got to boost the signal. Yeah, boost that signal, right? <laughs> Roybo's dropping a tier one sub <laughs> uh, for four years of support. He says that's almost three and a half years. Yeah, no, that's that's almost the right amount. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, turns out if you kill the giants, you can beat them. Yeah. Uh, GW thinking we didn't right, know. Yeah, we all, like, wasn't the problem. Yeah. I wasn't trying to not kill things before, man, but thanks. Well, I mean, in a, in a different era where people were target priority, where, like, I remember for a long time, you know, uh, our conversations in, like, AOS 1.0 were trying to get people to think about, like, wind strokes and target priority, you know. And, yeah, sure. And for a spell, I could see some of that making sense. We're like, if the problem was you weren't targeting the right stuff. But I think my favorite part of this, my, my, I made one, I think I made one Twitter post personally about it. And my favorite part of this is it shows that games workshop has at least identified the, you know, I'm going to use the, the, I'm going to say perceived problems, right? They know where the, the, no, no, their problems. It's fair to say that they're sure, problems. Sure. Like, they have identified the problem units. I don't disagree at all. Like, it's one of the things I listed as a strength during the show. Yeah. Because, hey, you knew what was wrong. Cool. Why didn't you just fix those? Because you literally sent this article to me that has a list of the problems. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, my favorite part is they, they just, they identified the problems. And then they go, but you do, you deal with it. 
And like right. it was such a it reminds me of Master Shake and Aqua Teen Hunger Force when he he goes to give like the the like give him give an excuse to get out of doing something. And he's like, I do it, but uh, you just do it. And he you just hear him mid about to give an excuse and just give up on even right. giving an excuse and tell someone else to go do it. And it was it was very funny to me. I I I did like that there were I do like that they're trying new things, but this isn't the time to try the new thing. You have these armies that just can't do the thing to begin with these prime hunters right like it's not target priority they're not gee i wish i had thought of killing the mega gargant right like, <laughs> like right. i thought it um it's a list of facebook's most hated i mean yeah there's there's some of that going on there right and and that's the sure. other thing is like this is a list in six months is that list gonna look the same we have a new ghb coming out or they're gonna have to they're going to have to just keep going in and, and making a new list. That works so great when they had to keep updating what thing what things gar- giants could step over. <laughs> uh, exactly the same point I made. It's it's what we call technical debt in the industry. Yes. Correct. It's a massive problem they just made for themselves. Yeah. Like their best bet is to hope that that this fails tragically as I hope it does. Like no offense, but I hope it does. And then they can just quietly shuffle it off into non-existence with the release of the GHB in the summer and eliminate this problem from themselves. <laughs> that's their that's the best case scenario for them. That's funny. That's funny. I, I see I like I like spicy vents. But but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring out we're gonna coax out fun vents. We're gonna we're gonna get uh we're gonna get Skig himself to show up tonight. Uh that that aside out the way here, I felt like the little bit of the elephant in the room, it was I haven't po- I haven't personally been live in a, in a couple couple weeks here, uh, so I had to. I'm sure, people were going to ask me anyway. I had to personally weigh in, and what better way way to weigh in than to just co-opt your message and use it as my own? Um, but tonight it's the great enhancing. We're continuing the series. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Skaven artifacts this evening. Um, yeah, and, and uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't think I really need to to introduce it much more than that. Uh, artifacts uh, are a. They're an, they're an, kind of like a pet area for me. I think artifacts are mm-hmm. are, are a way to really. You keep in- talking for a second. I just realized I'm missing important reference material for this. I, okay. I have some, but I don't have everything. Keep going. Sure. I will be right back. Yeah. Should I? Yeah. I, I think I, I can talk. I think I'm good at just that. Just spam. Yeah. Just yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, for me, like artifacts are are a, um, a, a really handy way to inject some identity into an army. Get across sort of like those first principles, what is an army? What does it do? What should it do? What should it look like? You know, they're, they're just, that's where you're, that's where the zest, that's where the flavor is. Uh, you know, I, everyone who plays fantasy can think of a token magic item from some story that they read that was where they became a fantasy nerd, right? Whether it's the, the Ring of Invisibility and the Hobbit or, or whatever it is, like you just, fuck man, King Arthur's sword, Excalibur. Like it, it's, to me, it is synonymous with what makes fantasy fantasy to have sweet magic items, right? Um, and make no mistake, AOS is a mythic fantasy setting. This is a fantasy's fantasy. This is over the top. And so the artifacts should should follow. Um, it feels like Games Workshop learned the wrong lesson from the malign importance artifacts, where they had just this robust list of 30 artifacts... 10 
10 that were used, 20 that were ignored, and two that were busted, right? And they're like, oh, let's just take this baby and toss it out with the bathwater. And persistently, they have had issues. Uh, just It doesn't matter what the battle tome is. Releasing just, like, good artifacts for stuff. So, um, just giving them some inspiration. Letting them... Let it, letting them uh, kick their feet up and just they, like feel free to steal these ideas, Games Workshop. It's fine. Uh, we 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 work hard so you don't have to. Uh. <laughs> yeah, Mephisto. If you could try to rant some, I know it's not your gimmick or anything. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to fill the dead air. It's it's really really uh, gonna take its uh, toll on me. Actually, I'm feeling it. If I'm gonna be honest with y'all, Jackie, I'm feeling a little off my game, um, like a little bit today and. Uh, oh, uh, reference material. He dual wielding Skaven battle tomes. Look at that. Um, I'm missing my like fourth or fifth edition one, whichever point it came out. I know I have it. I just couldn't. Not in my bookshelf. I must. I I took pictures out of it for a video, and I must have set it aside somewhere, which makes me very angry. Yeah, that sucks. So. Yeah. <laughs> they stole your Aurora fact in Nurgle. See, that's awesome. Good. Good on them. I hope that they. Uh, I hope that it really was them stealing. Like they had one bad artifact there, and then. They let's be honest. They uh, they didn't watch uh, Rantcast, but somebody that they listened to watched Rantcast, right? And they stole the artifact, pass it off as their own. And good, do that, do more of that. Games Workshop, steal these ideas; they're free. <laughs> Indeed, make the game better. Um, damn, he has the battle tomes for the future edition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, so I just kind of, uh, but now each one of us, so one thing that's been important for the Great Enhancing is that everyone's kind of got their own, like, approach to artifacts, uh, like, what it is that they're looking to inject into it. Uh, you know, obviously you have a background in design, uh, so I think you're gonna, I think your approach to this is gonna be pretty, well, what was your approach to this, I guess? I'll, I'll ask you. What were your first principles? What were you looking to do for Skaven? Yeah, I mean, there's pretty simple principles, right? So, like, we're going to, I think about these probably the same way they do, which is from a top-down perspective, right? You you start with sort of the theme and flavor of the army, and you want a selection of items that are interesting and compelling to select. That doesn't necessarily mean uh, competitive, okay? Um, but, but it does mean interesting. And interesting is the guiding principle above all. That means it could be interesting to narrative players, it could be interesting to competitive players, but it's interesting. It's something that goes, oh yeah, that opens up new play styles or, uh, you know, plays into one of the major themes of the book or is just super cool and Warhammer, right? Those are the kinds of things I want to see. So, yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah, right on, right on. Um, and I'm going to like let, uh, basically let you do all the heavy lifting. I, I got to ease back to, to ranting this. I took two weeks off. I didn't, uh, didn't know I was... Uh... I was running a million one-shots, everybody. It's fine. I wasn't really gone. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Uh, free amulets for everyone. Death to amulet of... Oh, wait. Man, chat gang popping off tonight. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. How do you want to navigate through... The, do you want to go, like, uh, sub-factions? Do you, do you want to... Well, quote-unquote, clans. Um, do you want to... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so the way they're organized in the current book, and if we're sticking to just artifacts and not command traits. Right? You do command traits as well. This is the enhancing, so I think that incorporates enhancements as well. 
I mean, there's a lot. That's the only reason I ask, right? I mean, this is a this is an unusual book because it's so thick, right? Uh, as far as like the different stuff goes, mm -hmm. so really, whatever whatever makes sense is is fine with me. Um, I'm remember the I'm remembering my I'm remembering my own format. Uh, this is an opportunity, an excuse to talk about Skaven, kind of catch up with where they are in general, mm -hmm. where their artifacts were, um, and uh, where we hope, you know, they might go, and then kind of go into the artifacts themselves or the enhancements themselves. So That's fine. I was just flipping through because I found a quick PDF of the old 4th edition Skaven book, and as I was flipping through the history, I got into the Death of Nagash. Ah, good times. All my favorite memories here. Uh, one of the many times we've been responsible for that moron's downfall. I mean, they um, they, cho they chopped off. See, speaking of artifacts, they chopped off his hand, and that's why I had a sweet black hand of Nagash uh, artifact in my undead army. I don't know why uh, why I'd be upset about that. Like, what are, what the problem is? He comes back. Like, cool. Oh, indeed. <laughs> that's, that's, I I would hope so. It means we get to kill him more. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Extra thick. Yeah, um, with, with three C's. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I think that let let's let's stick to artifacts for the moment because command traits are kind of whatever, whatever. Um, right. But like the the nature of Skaven stuff in general isn't always has been. It's kind of wacky, right? Like that's the concept of the thing. Mm -hmm. The army is wacky. It's goofy. It's uh, insane and crazy and, you know, everything else that you would expect. Like, it, um, it does stuff randomly, it blows up its own troops, it's, uh, very much about fodder and things like that, right? And, uh, yeah, I think that that kind of stuff I want to see continue. I want to see that kind of theme. But you can do that in a good way, like they did with a lot of the other like the rest of the book mm -hmm. um that makes it so you un so that like you don't aren't forced into playing in that way like you can do the normal thing and it's okay mm -hmm. at best or you can risk it for the biscuit right right that kind of stuff is how they they did a lot of the randomness and that was great that was a very good choice like yeah. way to go yeah, if you if you hold the shoulder buttons down, you can overheat your mech and lock it out type thing. But uh, you know you can you can really spike. Otherwise, if you don't want to do that, you can you can play it safe and and you know have like some sort of average result or some some sort of bell curve. I mean that's that's a good place for it to exist. Um, I also do think in general, like talking about like the fodder aspect of of Skaven, um, that helps you in your generalship. Um, we have this problem. I, people have this problem when they start playing like a war game of like thinking all their models are too precious. Uh, Skaven sure. immediately like ingrains in your mind that everything is a resource to be sacrificed, and that's a great headspace to start playing in. Oh, like in terms yep. of like tactically, um, Undead yep. does this too. This is why I really like uh, you know Death, obviously. Um, so, um. so okay, let's talk about the history of Skaven magic items. Because I now have, I, I got out these old books because I wanted to make sure I had a good record of all the old magic items. Mm -hmm. Because the first place I'm always going to look for my magic items is what were they before? Mm -hmm. And what did we leave behind that we shouldn't have? Okay? Right. Um, Because the, the, here we go. 
Um, because the reality of the thing is, looking to history, uh, we have all all we need. There's the, this this game's history is so long and so rich, we wouldn't actually need to make much new stuff. Now we can. I like new stuff, mm-hmm. but I also like wackadoo old stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, some of the, so, some, some of the most fun components are things that just kind of get to stick around, right? Um, yeah, hand in a gosh as, as a spell, like I'm hiding a die. It's it's wacky, it's weird. Like that's the kind of stuff I I enjoy. Um, you know, uh, when I did the Great Enhancing for Soulblight Gravelords, uh, self honk. If you're new to the Great Enhancing, this is your first episode. There's been several of them so far. Um, I brought back the Blade of Summoning. I'm like, why isn't the Necromancer sword that brings in a bunch of skeletons still in this army? You know, like, that seems like right. it's just a slam dunk of an artifact. Is like, here's the blade that lets me summon stuff. Like, cool, awesome, that's what I want, right? Like, I, that's what right. I signed up for as I want to summon skeletons to the field. That's, that's, that's like right here, says on my resume, things I'm good at. <laughs> like, yep. Uh, yep. So, yeah, good to do. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's, I think that's exactly right. The, um... There's just so much good stuff through the history of these old books. And by the way, some things did continue on for sort of all the books. Like, for example, Skaven Brew exists in every book going back to uh, going back to like fourth or fifth or whatever the oldest book. And, you know, still is there now and should always remain. It's a super classic item, right? Um and it's done different things at different times uh but it's cool so i i like i like stuff like that so do you want to start with like let's do this clan by clan is that fair yeah i think that's a good way to to break it down okay so we're going to start i'm going to i'm going to go the same order they go in the the current book okay mm-hmm. so let's talk about master clan so this is your your leaders, your gray seers, and people like that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, right now, what's in this uh, space, okay, is the Warpstorm Scroll, uh, which is stupid, um, but again, does have a legacy. The Warpstorm Scroll is in uh, this book, and the Warpstorm Scroll is in this book as well uh this one mm-hmm. so and i think the warp storm scroll is in yes it is is in the oldest book so here we have a super legacy item so we're gonna keep it we're i love i love thing, i right? love the the subtle flex going on right now of it's just like sh- like roar nora zoro from in from a uh, uh one piece just like tri wielding battle tomes from sure we got a lot here <laughs> uh this thing's always been around but let's look to history, Matt, because you might ask yourself, what did the Warp Storm Scroll used to do? Yeah, uh, yeah, I asked right. the, the exact thought I had when you said, I'm like, what the fuck is that? I don't, I don't know what Skaven are. Uh, okay, let's start in our oldest reference. Warp Storm Scroll. This is a, from the fourth edition tome, where it was still cards, little magic item cards. Mm-hmm. This was a 50-point magic item. The bearer can cast this spell in the warp storm scroll of in the warp storm scroll in his magic phase. No power is necessary to cast the spell, as the scroll provides the power required. The scroll can only be used once. You know, like a scroll, like a D and D scroll, because that's what because early Warhammer is just a knockoff of D and D. When the spell is cast, all models which are flying high, I love this, 
suffer D6 strength 6 hits. In the case of a monster rider, combinations divide the hits randomly as you would from missile fire. In addition, all models which are flying high are forced down to the ground and will enter the table on their own table edge in the following turn. Uh, very good item. Flying high was a thing you used to be able to do. You could basically put yourself in reserve, and then you could come back the next round. Mm -hmm. That's what flying high was. Okay. okay. So then in the next book, which is this one. <laughs> I go in order here. Okay. <laughs> As we as we uh, continue on, still this has been a fifty point magic item, like all its existence, by the way. Uh, fifty points, scroll, bound spell, power level five, one use only. All units of flyers within twenty four inches of the caster suffer d six strength six hits. Flying monsters and their rider within range also suffer d six strength six hits. Randomized like shooting. Okay, cool, cool beans. And then in the most in the last book. Uh, the Warp Storm Scroll did the exact same thing. <laughs> it's so, exactly the same. Mm -hmm. What's what's the same here, Mef? You notice a theme about the Warp Storm Scroll? Yeah, so it's... I, I'm noticing the theme to, to be it's some sort of like... Um, sort of like aerial storm of some sort that hurts things. And mm -hmm. uh, in its best versions... Uh, sort of, uh, since it's a kind of a once-off, it, it gives you a tactical advantage in that it, you know, removes somebody's, uh, you know, tactic that they have paid points conceivably for their model uh, to do that thing. Um, right. Because Skaven's big thing is they don't have flyers, right? Yeah. That's one of the classic limitations of Skaven. Like, no flyers. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Seems like a real, and that's, hence we had this neat scroll that also gave us power against flyers and really punished them. Like D6 strength six hits is no joke in, in Warhammer terms. So, especially when it was like table wide in, in the one iteration, right? It's like all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. everything, all yeah. of them. But instead it became this silly thing within 13 inches that 50% of the time did D3 mortal wounds to just kind of units. Mm. Dumb. Mm. We're, we're, so we're, we're striking that off of the list. And instead, here's what we do. You ready? Warp Storm Scroll. Okay. Once per battle in your hero phase, you may summon the magic of the Warp, Stones, Warp Storm Scroll. When you do so, until your next hero phase, all flying units may no longer fly and their move speed is halved. Okay? Mm -hmm. In addition... In addition, got it. Roll a d6 for each of these units on a 4+, plus, like table-wide, on mm -hmm. a 4+. plus. They take D3 mortal wounds. There we go. Brilliant. I love it. Uh, now we've got an item that you might want to use, even though it's once per battle. That's the thing is, like, when you're making a once per battle item, it needs to be very good. It, mm -hmm. it needs to justify its its one its one usage. Um, I'm not patently against them. Uh, it's just when they are random for a once per game, like, get out. Just immediately get out the game. Like, you have no place here. Um, and then it needs to have a powerful effect. It needs to be worth... It needs to be worth... It, it should... Honestly, the once per game should, like, pique my Timmy interest. I should look at it and go, ooh, you know, like, I... You know, like, can yeah, you, yeah. You know, can you feel the power? I, I, oh, yeah. SDR I said Nathan in shambles. Yeah, you're darn right. Yeah. Get on the ground, ghosts. 
ain't going nowhere. Yeah, you ain't going nowhere. I got you for one battle round of playtime. <laughs> like just right. Like that's a fun artifact. Yeah, yeah. And, and and again, it's for one turn, right? Until your next hero phase. So it's not doing anything on the double, because if you go twice, you just you, nothing happened. You you did maybe a few mortal wounds to units, right? Yeah. So it's actually quite weak on your double turn. Mm-hmm. You want them to have a turn in between there, so you, so they actually suffer the penalty since you're activating it in your turn. It's great fun, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, like you know, turn out you know, escape in no fly zone. Yes, I agree. I agree to stack distracted satrap. Yeah, mm. yeah, brilliant. Um, Ortorius saying now, I was there when the dark magic was written. <laughs> yeah, going back to the magic cards. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I used to play with these all the time. That's why I'm pissed off. I can't find my old book. I like. I, I had it out to take some pictures for a project that I was doing. I must have set it somewhere that wasn't back in its appropriate place, which is unusual of me. I'm usually pretty uh, OCD about this kind of thing, but who the heck knows? Yeah. Maybe I lost it. Maybe I gave it to someone. I don't know. Either way, I'll find it. I see. I, I want to track down a fourth ed um, just for my own pure nostalgia. I want to track down a fourth ed undead uh, army book, right? It's army book back in the day, uh, just because that was where I got my start. But like, if I open it back, open it to the back, and the cards are already like ripped out or or non-existent, sure. I'll just like cry, like because that's you got to go to an auction. You got to find that unpunched copy, my friend. Oh yeah. All right, I'll find it one day. Let's keep going. Yep, yep. Item number two on the list because this is going to take a while if we if we yep. <laughs> if we don't. Yep. And I do have some limited amount of time tonight, uh, so I can't go forever. Just so you know. All right. Um, suspicious stone gives you a five up ward save. You know what? check we're keeping this effect awesome but we're renaming it back to what it should be called which is the foul pendant which is what this exact item was called in both the older books where it was called the foul pendant which was a talisman and this wicked token of the horn rat's power confers a five plus ward upon the bearer it did literally the exact same thing for two different books Great. Keep it. Give it its old name. Suspicious Stone or Foul Pendant. Which one's cooler? Obviously, Foul Pendant is well, cooler. I, well, I find the the latter sus- to be sus. Um. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> that stone is wicked sus, yes. Um. So that one's easy. Cool. Okay. The Gnaw Shard. The next one. They got real too involved in this kind of gnaw being used as a word here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. If any wounds inflicted by that weapon are allocated to an enemy model and not negated, that enemy model... So, nope, nope, stop. I lost interest five <laughs> sentences ago. Okay. We're not doing this. For the caster heroes, we're not giving them the weird if you do damage and they're not negated, then, uh, you know, all of a then you get to, like, randomly do an additional wound for the rest of the game wow thanks thanks for that <laughs> at the end of each battle round by the way it's not even turn <laughs> battle round enjoy those three additional mortal wounds you very likely have a save against awesome what a fantastic item now obviously we're catapulting this thing into the sun okay like good lord that is terrible right. okay and instead, we're going to bring back something that should have been there that was that was jettisoned, but again, has been there for the entire time, and that is the Bands of Power. Okay? Wonder Woman! <laughs> so, uh, for three books, the Skaven had this thing called the Bands of Power. All right? 
in its original incarnation, the Bands of Power can cast their spell three times during the battle, once per magic phase, like an ordinary spell. Pretty good. So it's like a triple-use item. Mm-hmm. Uh, no power cards to cast. When the spell is cast, the wearer doubles his strength uh, to a maximum of 10. This lasts until the start of the player's following magic phase. Get some ripped up rats, right? Okay, cool. Cool. Like your your Gracier uh, has like the uh, the Bane collar. And... <laughs> yeah, it just juices up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in later books, this would become uh, basically the same thing. It would actually get cheaper. Because because the people realized it wasn't that good on casters. <laughs> but it's fun. Keep in right. mind, there are vermin lords in this as well, right? Right. Um, but they would basically do the same thing where it would double your, your strength. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alright. So what do the bands of power become now? Well we're gonna we're gonna keep that item, but we're gonna call it like uh we're gonna get we're gonna add an extra adjective to there. Maybe like uh the bands of of dark power or the corrupting powers, you know, something corrupting like that. power, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, cool, 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 cool. Okay, and obviously this is going to be an item for a vermin lord, right? For your for your master clan vermin lord, or if you want, maybe a really crazy gracier on a screaming bell or something, right? right? Who just wants to really make that one stick attack hurt? And what we're going to do is the bands of power aren't like a spell or a thing you do anymore, right? It's just going to be an item that says uh, that says you get uh, plus one to hit, plus one rend, and uh, on a six to, to to wound, do a mortal wound. There you go. Hmm? Easy. See, simple. They don't all have to be. They don't have to be amazing. It was a simple mechanical thing before. Double your strength. Let's keep it a simple mechanical thing now. Plus one to hit. Plus one to rend, and on a six to wound, you do a mortal wound in addition. Yeah, easy, yeah. great. You know where Fantastic. you know what its use is. You you know where you're going to put it. This says, "Hey, take yeah. this on the vermin lord." Like uh, those those artifacts that kind of help you build the army and yeah. cool. I can make yeah. a combat a more combaty vermin lord, right? Yeah, yeah, great. That's a thing some people like. Like you want to have your vermin lord get in there and tussle, mm -hmm. right? With some with some of the other big things. Yeah, uh, sounds awesome. Cor corruptor could. I know Corruptor didn't have the best combat profile, but it could nothing personnel kid you. It could teleport behind you and, like, try to kill you with re-rolling. The Deceiver, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. sorry, Deceiver, Deceiver, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yep. that's fun. Like, yeah, let's do that. Right. Skaven Brew is basically fine. We can keep it exactly as is. It's been there since the beginning. It used to do fun stuff where you rolled a die, and then it would, like, cause you to be frenzied, cause you to gain hatred, or cause you to be frenzied and hatred, or various effects like that. But you then you also took damage. It's fine as it is right now, where like you choose to do it, um, and you give the people you give the people the sippy cup of the soup, and then they get that unit gets plus one attack, but takes D three mortals. Perfectly fine. Perfectly very very scaven effect. Mm -hmm. I have no issue with this item. It's a great item. Keep yeah. it right? right when you got a winner. No need. It's right. fine. Right. It's a cool item. Okay. So, one of the things that you used to be able to, to do here was there was, remember how magic standards were a thing? Yes. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah, you, and you actually had to upgrade, like, individual, like, standards and your, your command units, like, kind of individually. You had to buy them and stuff like that, too, back in the day. So, getting a magic sure. standard was 
kind of like the hotness. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool, right? Um so the uh there were a lot of cool magic standards. And we're going to put one of them in Clan Verminous because that's the sort of warrior clan, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to put one of them in to uh uh, into the master clan, okay, okay. Uh, with the idea that we could have like a gracier who's got you know maybe a cool maybe his own personal banner with him just because it's cool. Well, and there was actually a lot of different banners around, but go ahead, go ahead. Well, well, the other thing that was cool about this, I'm I'm reminded immediately of like why Thermal Rider cloak was such a great great artifact, and it wasn't just that like yeah, fly is fun, but like you saw people like modeling their cloaks onto stuff. You know, at, at the the sort of artifact where where you know, like people are all buying Archeon's cape and putting it on a tank now in City. Yeah, City. sure. You know, like that's that stuff's great. And so now you can imagine. Well, now I have an excuse to like model this banner, this uh, just outrageous, you know, green stuffed together hodgepodge of like four different banners and just the, the huge, you know, and I uh, have the like the Skaven Gracier on top of the bell climbing it like Iwo Jima, you know, and <laughs> just like waving this banner. So I like stuff. Yeah, like and that. Skaven yeah. had really amazing banners throughout their all their the times where they got magic items. Like there is a ton of really, really cool banners. Um like some of them were just cheap but really funny. Like the dwarf hide banner, it's literally just skin to dwarves. Like dwarf skin. And the unit gained hatred of dwarves. Like that's fun. Yeah. Okay, that's not what we're going to put here, but like what a fun concept, okay? Right. right. Um and instead, here's what we're going to use. We're going to use my favorite old one from this is from the the 6th edition book, this one. Okay? Mm-hmm. So which by the way, there is one that you can just drop straight in. Uh, uh, this isn't the one I'm going to pick, but check this one out. The Umbranner, Umbranner. I don't know why that's its name, Umbranner, like Umbra Anner, I guess is what the idea is. Mhm. Uh, all models in the unit carrying the banner receive a four plus ward save against all normal and magic missiles, uh, with strength four or less, meaning a four plus ward against magic, right? Like you could just drop that straight into the game now. Lots of like, sticking that kind of crap around is fine, but that's not what we're going to pick. Instead, we're going to pick the banner with the coolest name out of the sixth edition book. Banner of the four black winds. Metal. Like I can Holy hear the guitar. Crap. I that hear the so guitar. Metal. Yeah, I hear the guitar riff as you say it, like in my beauty me. Like, yeah, sweet. All right. Yeah, Banner of the Four Black Winds. Yeah, like... He rides the Four Black Winds. Like, oh, Christ, I'm not messing with this guy. (laughs) Whoever they are. Okay. Flying models wishing to charge the unit carrying the banner must use their ground movement value and cannot use their flying movement to charge. Because remember, your flying movement used to be, like, a totally different number, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool concept, obviously. Cool name, what are we doing with it now? Okay. What we're going to do with this concept now is we're going to continue to push a little bit into this, this sort of like flying thing, but also into the control and, and the, the, the sort of scaveny thing. Right now, obviously you can't have this dude join a unit. Okay. Right. But what we're going to, what instead, what we're going to make this banner, this gray seer item. Okay. Is it's going to be an item that says, any attempt, like, whenever an enemy that has flying attempts to charge this unit, the bearer of this magic item, right? They have all charge rolls. Brutal. Okay. That's it. It's that easy. Yeah. 
right? So specifically flying things have all their charge rolls, right? If that's not enough, I'd want to think about it a little bit. If that's not enough, which I think that probably is enough, but if it wasn't, you could also say like, and the model gets a six plus ward against all attacks made by flying units or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, everybody already has a ward in the army. So it's like all, almost all Master Clan people already have a ward. So maybe not that. Maybe it's like, and flying units are neg one to hit them with melee attacks. Maybe that's the other way to go. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Something little like that, that they can easily counter out with an all-out attack, right? right. Cool beans. Yeah, blood. Uh, but it's only for the mod, only for flying models that attempt to charge that particular thing, <laughs> right? Your guy. Don't charge me, right? I ride the four black winds. <laughs> cool. Don't charge okay. me, bro. You got the blood slicked air. Um. <laughs> yes, blood slick air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So then, uh, the, uh, let's see, where do we want to go here? The last item, um, by the way, there was a bunch of this. Skaven used to have a bunch of this kind of stuff. The, like, screwing with your charges. Like, an item that I, when I, when I thought about this that I didn't want, that I, I would have loved to use, but there's just no way we're sneaking it in, is the Pipes of Piebald. What a hilarious name. It's a little, like, pipes. Like, they were playing their own... Yeah. Rat catching pipes. <laughs> and it made it so people just have their charge against you. Like whatever. It's it's funny stuff. Yeah. Um The other one I think that I that that I want to pull here is uh is an item that should have been kind of around, which is the eye of the horned rat. Exactly. Right? It's like so bad. Great name. Yeah. So what it did at the time was the wizard can decide to activate the eye at the beginning of each of his magic phases. On a result of two to six, add one power dice to the power dice pool. If a one is rolled, no dice are added to the pool, and instead one dice is removed from the pool. So right there, you can already see that's the design of modern Skaven Risk. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like That's it. Because it's like on, on a two plus, you get this. On a one, something real bad happens, and you in trouble. Right? Yeah. Uh-oh, we're in trouble, okay? So, fantastic, right? Um, what you do with this, with the, the Eye of the Horned Rat, since most of Master Clan are also spellcasters, right? Is you say uh, that the bearer of this item can re-roll casting, unbinding, and uh, dispelling rolls, okay? However, each time they choose to do a re-roll... Right? Each time they choose to make a reroll of any kind, they must then roll a d6. On a 2 through 6, nothing happens. On a 1, they are treated as having miscast. Okay? The spell automatically fails, the unbind automatically fails, or the dispel automatically fails, and they take d3 mortal wounds. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, straightforward. Right. There you go. Easy. Master Clan done. Cool items, right? You got a spell casty buff. You got some cool things that are just like neat utility. You got some protection and defense in different kinds of ways. And you got Skaven Brew for a nice buff. Good mix. Yeah. Yeah, good range. You know where like where you're taking why you're taking it, why you're building stuff with it. Um so um I've, I've taken a couple notes I won't come circle uh, circle back around to a little bit later as a sort of broad thing, but moving on, what what's up next? Uh you got your master clan. I mean, Scryer is best, right? Scryer Nessian. Scryer is best, yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, we're going to go to Scryer next. <laughs> so, um, the, uh, so the first item on the list is the Brass Orb. Beautiful. It's stupid. Uh, <laughs> the only thing we're going to change about it, 
We're going to keep the brass orb. I love it. It's so dumb and wonderful. We're just going to change it so that it's in the shooting phase. Okay. So you like that's uh, so you can actually move up and get at somebody yeah. and throw it at them. Okay. Um, and then on a six, they're slain. You still have to be within six inches. Mm-hmm. On a six, they're slain. But since I'm putting it after movement, I'm going to also put in the rule that on a one, you're slain. <laughs> okay. There you go. I see. I would have um, like you're you're moving like I would I would put it after movement one you're slain six they're slain and then just give it some like minor buff minor buff like I don't know plus one to casters it just some arbitrary bonus while you're just holding it because you're just obsessing over using it and it's like giving you a surge of power like plus one bravery is a good one you know? mm-hmm. like you like you feel so like you have plus one bravery because you feel so absolutely like committed to this strategy yeah yeah right on yeah uh, it's great and by the yeah. way, the Brass Orb is another one that has existed since the very beginning. It goes back to the 4th edition book, so I, I wouldn't get rid of it ever. It used to do the big template. Remember when there were templates? <laughs> yeah. That's what it used to be. You'd throw it, and it would do the big artillery template. So, Yeah. There you go. Um. Okay. Cool beans. It's fine. It's goofball. It's whatever. Um. The Warpstone Armor is the next one there uh, in Clan Scryer. Warpstone Armor has also existed basically for the entirety of... Um, like the entirety of magic item history. Um, so I, I have no problem with warpstone armor. It's, it's a, it's a good, like I have a problem with it as it's implemented here because it's terrible, but I have no problem with it as an item that exists. So we're going to keep the name and get rid of everything else. Cause it's roll a dice. Each time a wound inflicted by a melee weapon is allocated to the bearer and not negated on a, fi- first of all, only wounds, not mortal wounds on a five plus the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound. Come on now. That's not armor. What is that doing? That's ridiculous. So every time I take a normal wound, I have a one in three chance to hit you back for, for my pitiful number of wounds. Yeah. No. No. And and by the way, they're pulling on what it always was, because it used to be like it gave you a better armor save, and every time somebody hit you, they every time you saved successfully is is what it used to be, right? Um they took like a strength four hit back whatever something like that right mm-hmm. okay so warpstone armor warpstone armor gives you a save characteristic of four plus okay I not like three it. plus yeah. four plus okay okay whenever you make uh a successful save roll of a six like whenever you roll a six on your saving throw roll, blah blah blah. Put this in all the proper words, right? I'm not using the exact game terms, but you get the general idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None, none of the enhancing right. have been used the like proper game words. That's that's just that's yeah. an editing pass, right? Like you. Yes. But, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like put this all in proper game words. But whenever you successfully save on a six, right? Uh, you deal. Uh, D three mortal wounds back to the attacker. There you go. Like, make him a little porcupine. You got to make these kind of things scary because you're putting a guy in combat, mm-hmm. right? Which Skaven don't want to do normally. So it better actually have a chance to do, like, something. Mm-hmm. And it better be better than, like, an Iron Fist. <laughs> right? So there we go. Yeah, that's so, that's the thing. So 16% of the time you do a D3 Mortals, kind of. Like, you know, when you're already in a precarious situation. Yeah. Seems fine to me. Yeah. 
Exactly. It's it's only on a six, but it's cool. It's a real kickback, and it's a neat thing because you can like strap your your gray seer into armor, who normally has a quite crappy save. Now he can have a four up save or something. Or not your gray seer, sorry. Your your warpstone, your engineer. Yeah. I apologize. Your engineer into armor. Right. He has a crappy save normally. Now he's got a better save because he's got cool armor on. By the way, it's like that's what the dude is on the cover. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing that. So you know. Anyways. Okay. So so that's good. Um, the esoteric warp resonator is kind of a theoretical continuation of something that has existed for a while, which was like the warp energy con condenser and other things that were like this. I don't really have any problem with it as a as a concept. It's actually quite a good magic item. Each battle round, it gives you an extra warpstone spark, which are very powerful and useful. Yep. So if we're keeping warpstone sparks, I'm keeping this item. Because, again, it's just like Warpstone Sparks, do what Scryer does. It lets you do all your Scryer tricks. This gives you more of your This gives you more of your currency to spend your, you, your pennies. You might say fun. it gives you more, more currency. Like, you know, yes. Like, like <laughs> it does give you more, more currency. That's, that is exactly correct. Yeah. Yes, I agree with, I agree with this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have, I have no problem with that. Yeah, right on. There's oh. a there's a natural design to it in, in in resource padding, right? Like that's just you know might just be something that for as long as resources exist in armies, that there should probably be an avenue to like to have an opportunity cost you pay to juice your resources, right? Like, right. So yeah. Yep. Yeah, straightforward. Um, absolutely. Uh, the uh, I'm just gonna skip ahead here and say the vial of the fulminator and the vigor dust injector are actually again both quite fun both quite fine um i like I, I have no problem with either of them the vial of fulminators at the start of your movement phase you can pick one friendly war machine within three inches of the bearer double that unit's move characteristic until the end of that phase and then on a, and then at the end of it roll a die on a four up they take d3 mortal wounds effectively this doubles the move of your doom wheels right <laughs> so their doom wheel would go to like 8d6 movement great that's hilarious and amazing. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with this. Shooting Doom Wheels across the board at ultra speed is a very fun, goofy thing. You're, um, you're already playing play Skaven correctly if you're bringing a Doom Wheel. Might as well, like... <laughs> right. Like, this. if this falls into the, like, that's a hilarious interaction that should exist in the game, I should be able to roll 8d6 for my movement once, because that that is fun. Right? right. Yeah. Like, there's there's... Is it a super competitive item? No. Is it hilariously awesome? Yes. So it's in. Right. Okay. Yeah. Slam dunk. Yeah. That's what that comes down to. Um, and then the Vigor Dust Injector is you can pick one friendly Skaven Tide unit wholly within 12. Add one to charge rolls and hit rolls for that unit until your next hero phase. But at the start of that next hero phase, they take D3 mortals. Again, fantastic. Plus one to charge, plus one to hit. Great. Great item. Great bonus. Good for pump juicing up your big units and and, and then letting them die to the mortal wounds that happen on the, on the, on the, on the backside. Yep. Like... <laughs> Yes. As advertised, this is Skaven, right? Like, right, like, that's super Skaven, right? Like, that's that's great. Okay, so I, I said both of those two are good, but I skipped number four. Because number four is the Skyr's Breath Bellows, which is so dumb, I'm not even going to read it. It's one of those stupid, like, if you're in combat and within three inches, then you can roll a die and, you know, in your hero phase, you might do some mortal wounds. If you, like, happen, if, if you happen to be wearing, if you happen to be wearing low-top shoes today, like, you know, it goes through all yes. the if-thens, like, gross, get out of here. Exactly. Ooh. You is my only response, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like, I just, I hate everything about it. 
it's awful and i wish they the, that we could just like unmake these dumb items see i always had um, a i always had a rule of when i was when i was writing rules and, and stuff like that if if i said too many uh like if thens or if i like if i found myself word souping i would immediately take the item back to the drawing board like just right. it, it didn't matter how cool the artifact was or like what this like oh no you don't understand this artifact is this it's really is really cool i'm like nope we go back to the drawing board right now like immediately exactly like so that's that's just one of my sort of principles of design. Uh, continue, sorry. Um, no, no, you're good. Absolutely. So instead, we're going to bring back one of my favorite ones that existed in the first two and then kind of disappeared. And then, because it sort of became a, a, an assumed item on one of the characters, and that's Storm Demon. But we're gonna we're gonna actually make this a a magic item for real. So Storm Demon was yeah, isn't that? A... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so good. See, in an alternate reality, I've talked about this before, like, Mephisto is a Skaven player. There was that, like, brief window where I thought about, like, writing a wrong, or or when I was younger, I was going to play either Skaven or Undead, and I ended up going with Undead. And uh, so when I came into AOS, it's like, well, do I play... Sc it was going to be Scryer, because at the time, Scryer was, you know, like, AOS 1.0, Scryer was, like, kicking around and, like, doing some fun shit. Sure. And I'm like... I'm like, well, do I write a? Do I go back? Is this my opportunity to finally play Skaven, or do I like kind of pick up where I left off with Undead? And like, ultimately, I chose. But in that moment, I thought about it hard enough that it was like the episode of Community where they throw the die, right? And like, and a separate reality formed where I became a Skaven player. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. <laughs> but so, what Storm Demon did in back in like fourth, fifth edition was. Uh, unleashed a big magic missile, and it was actually it's his halberd. It's what Ickit Claw is wielding in his hand. It's that big halberd. Okay, yeah. that's Storm Demon. And so it like it gave you plus one strength because it was a halberd, and so like it acted like all halberds do. And um, in uh, sixth edition, it gave you basically you could cast warp lightning for free. Okay, um, and then sometimes it would burn out. Okay. But even in its old version, it, it, it basically gave you a, a Warp Lightning equivalent spell in the original version. Now, Warp Lightning is now on their scrolls, right? This is a thing that didn't exist at the time. Hmm. Um, it's just now on their scrolls, they all say Warp Lightning, and you can all cast Warp Lightning, and so on and so forth. Okay? So instead, what Storm Damon is going to do is it's going to lean into... Because everybody with their, their people just cast more and more Warp Power because it's a good buff, mm -hmm. right? And I've long been of the belief that damaging magic should be cooler... Right, because nobody uses damaging magic. Everybody just uses buff magic. Because damaging magic does like one thing and then it's done. You cast Mystic Shield on somebody or a buff spell, it lasts until your next hero phase. It's it's providing you potentially unlimited value. No, it's the the action economy or the of it really is is just it's it's all pluses, right? Like you're you're all in the black on the ledger. It's it's so uh it, it's so good. Whereas like oh D three mortals. You know, unless you really have to maybe kill a thing that doesn't have a ward save, like, sorry, I'd rather I'd rather get the juice, you know, have the sauce across the army. Go on. Exactly. Exactly. So instead, what we're going to do is this. We're going to say Storm Demon, if you cast Warp Lightning or Chain Warp Lightning, basically both of the spells that are on the Engineer or the Arch Warlock scroll, like their actual spells, if you cast their scroll spells... Okay. Uh, you may roll an additional d6 whenever you cast these spells. So you cast these spells on 3d6 and use the combined total of all dice to cast this spell. Okay. <laughs> now, that doesn't sound like the biggest buff. Uh -huh. All right. 
But the trick here is you got to think about what the actual spell does. And the the reason why this is so good is because of what the actual spell itself does. And I'm going to assume that this spell, for our purposes, we're just, you know, I don't, we're going to keep the spell the same, right? Okay. So, like, or Warp Lightning Storm. I'm sorry, it's his. Um, Warp Lightning Storm has a casting value of 7. If successfully cast, pick up to D3 enemy units within 13 inches to the caster invisible to them. Oh, we'll also extend its range. So it'll it'll increase the range by some nominal distance as well. Uh, yeah, we'll get our playtesters. Our playtesters will figure out. Yeah, our, our playtesters will figure yeah. out. Maybe it's 26 inches, you know, like... It might be too maybe, far. May, yeah, maybe 18. Like maybe 18 is the right Maybe amount. 18. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 18 yeah. always feels good for spells for me. I get the 13 inches, haha, it's the number, but it also sucks to be consistently always out of range for your spells because you have a cute number. Yeah, um, 13 and 8, you know, both, both armies suffer from that. Like, the, Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, at any rate, those units each suffer D3 mortal wounds. Okay, so you're like, all right, fine, Vince. Why, why do you care about the extra D6? Allow me to keep reading, dear audience. Before making the casting roll, you can say this model will use its warp power accumulator to augment the spell. If you do so and the casting attempt is successful and not unbound, the spell inflicts D6 mortal wounds on each of those units instead of D3. Whoa. Right? So now you got three units getting tapped for D6 mortals. That's a spell. However. And however, wait, but wait, there's more? Well, sort of. <laughs> however, if you do so and the casting attempt fails or is unbound, this model suffers D3 times D6 mortal wounds. Okay, so you can, this six wound model can potentially suffer 18 mortal wounds as he just explodes. Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's a great rule. The problem with it is, like, you, you never use this normally because it's so risky, right? Because right. magic is so fickle, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, if you fail the cast, I mean, this is a casting value of seven, by the way, and this isn't a guy with a bonus to cast, just to be clear. This is a hard dude hard rolling on seven, unless he happens to be standing near a null hole, in which case he's not within 13 inches of an enemy, probably. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, the reason why I like adding the extra D6 is because it actually means you have a high enough cast number that you might, like, you'll risk it for the biscuit. Right. Right. And sometimes you'll still duff it and or get unbound, and then he explodes, and that's fun on both sides of the equation. Right, yeah. Yeah, like, I was already right. cackling when I was thinking about this, like, Skaven, like, wizard, like, turbocharging the staff and then exploding, because it's just a rocket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you get the best of both worlds there, right? You actually have real incentive to use your overpower when you have Storm Demon, and... You can actually do some real damage with it. Like, that's not a minimal amount of damage. Like, mm -hmm. 3d6 mortal wounds to an enemy army is nothing to, to scoff at, right? And But at the same time, what a fun moment when your opponent does unbind it or something, right? So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's right. you said like the, the fun on both is on both sides of the of, of the equation. Right. It's it's fun for you when you like, you know, you roll up with the big dubs and you know here we go like three dice six you. Uh, but on the flip side, like that time the caster explodes, the other the you're both laughing at the table. That that two way street of of AOS like kind of ridiculousness. I mean, that's why we sign. I think most of us sign up, isn't it? You know, like a hundred percent yes, a hundred percent yes. Yeah. Um, 
so so there you go that's that's the last one there and that that gives you that list complete um so yeah good stuff okay uh i'm still rolling the unbind just to like you roll an 11 to cast i'm still gonna try for the box oh you're absolutely tossing (laughs) dice at this thing a hundred percent yes you're tossing dice at this thing right yeah yeah because if you get it that dude is dead (laughs) so dead yeah (laughs) spicy dead yeah oh man that's great yeah you just you just you um, keep a you keep a, you keep an empty base where it's just like the scape little skeeven boots. Yeah, just a traitor, <laughs> man. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> You're good. You're good. Oh man. Uh, okay. So the next up is Clan Pestilence. Okay. Um, and Clan Pestilence has had uh, a sort of very spotty record of specific magic items throughout the history of Skaven. There's a couple that have sort of stayed in here, like the Liber Bubonicus, which is here and allows you to like reroll your chance. That's what it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. Um, like that can stay. The Blistivist, the Living Cyst, that thing they created specifically for this. It's one of the coolest, most ridiculous, I love hilarious the name. magic items ever. I love the where name. it's like this weird living cyst that jumps from Nurgle hero to Nurgle hero. Um, it probably needs a, a, a better buff. Like, it gives you plus two-inch move and you can reroll hit rolls. That that probably doesn't work anymore. So it probably needs to be, like... I'd, I'd rather it honestly be, like, plus one to move, run, and charge or something like that. And you get plus one to hit. Like, that's probably more in line rather than reroll hits, you know. Plus it's but got then, that... Again, Vorthos to it with the plus one plus one plus one like the that, that that's yeah the, yeah yeah the Vorthos looks for the elegance right like in the uh, or is it Melvin? Melvin wants the the, the, the alignment of, of oh yeah uh, so, so that yeah that would be the Melvin the Melvin design where it's like the plus yep, one, plus yep. one plus one yeah. yeah yeah exactly and like that's fun and it still force jumps if you've got another hero near it has to jump over to them and then they get the bonus and so on so like it's it's a powerful bonus but you know it can't it's, you have to play with the hero carefully if you want it to him to, to retain the bonus otherwise you're just gonna accidentally give that to a plague priest and be like ah <laughs> you know okay so that's cool like i have no issue with that one it's a super great item it's fun like it's such a that's exactly a type of item i like because it's wacky mm-hmm. right and I, I like cool, wacky narrative items like that as well. It passes my interesting test. Mm-hmm. Right? No no question there. Okay. Um, the, uh, they have a thing here in Pestilence called the Foul Pendant, which, as we already said, is the five-up word item now sitting in Master Clan. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we're, we're chucking that off the... Off the that's that's off the roof okay mm-hmm. firing them right off the roof okay instead um we're gonna bring back something that kind of existed in a couple of different forms but back in fourth edition it was called the the rod of corruption okay and then it became the blade of corruption and now it's still the blade of corruption in this book so let's start at the beginning of the list blade of corruption we're gonna keep that but instead of blade of corruption we're gonna go back to the rod of corruption because rod sounds way cooler I agree. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, what the rod of corruption or what the blade of corruption does in the modern book is pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. You can reroll wound rolls for attacks made with that weapon. So boring. <laughs> so boring. What this thing used to do, okay, was uh, 
was many different things, as a matter of fact. <laughs> okay, so the the rod of corruption was was crazy, and uh, originally it was a hundred point magic item, which was the highest magic items could be. And when the bearer hits an enemy in hand to hand fighting, do not immediately work out wounds as you normally would. Instead, roll a d6. If the score is higher than the victim's toughness, or a 6, regardless of the victim's toughness, then the enemy collapses into a festering pile of rotted flesh and is killed immediately. No armor saves are allowed against the Rod of Corruption as no wounds are inflicted. Get dead. Bloop you goop. Yeah. Uh, and then in in 6th edition, it became another one of those dumb take a wound every time forever things like that it was one of those things yes they've loved that design space just forever they can't get enough of that stupid design space um and then in uh in seventh edition or whatever it was the wheel of the swords granted plus one strength and unsaved wounds are multiplied to be two wounds okay um, in addition, if the wielder makes a hit roll that has two or more rolls of one, the wielder immediately suffers a wound that's multiplied to two wounds. Okay, cool. Fine. Mm -hmm. So this thing has had, like, a checkered history, right? It has done four completely different things right. in every one of its incarnations. So we're going to keep it, but we're going back to the Rod of Corruption, right? Right. And what the Rod of Corruption is going to do is pretty simple. Like, when I think Rod of Corruption, Meph, what... What in your mind happens if I were to to shoot you with the rod of corruption or hit you with the rod of corruption? What happens? I, I mean, there's there's one or two. It's pestilence, so like I would get disease. But I like the idea of of actually like corrupting and turning things evil, like that type of corruption. So I'd like to see a one-two punch of like of like your the character gets an emo phase, but is also diseased. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so. okay. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go back to kind of the concept of the original one, but obviously we're not going to insta-slay everybody in melee because that would be that would be a bit much, right? Um, but we're going to use, since we don't have toughness anymore, we're going to use the closest proxy we have for that, which is armor save. Okay. Okay. So whenever the blade of corruption, uh, like when you attack in melee, once all of your attacks are resolved, Okay, roll a die. If that die roll is uh, is under their armor save, okay, less than their armor save, effectively, is what you're trying to roll, right? The heavier armor they are, the harder for you to get in and get the disease on them is. Right. Okay, the more, the more encased in steel they are. If you roll less than their armor save, okay, they immediately take D6 mortal wounds. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a disease. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, roll this dice again. If you roll under their armor save again, they take D3 mortal wounds. Repeat this process. I love it. Yeah, it's like a, okay. cur a, a singular, like, curse of years type, type effect again, like. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right? There you go. Um... You know, like, and you'd probably need to restrict it so that, like, because the point of it is you're not, you're, like, I would want to restrict that so you can't kill, like, a unit of 30 dudes with it or something, because that's not the idea of the thing, right? It's about killing single monsters or something like that, right? So, like, heroes or whatever, whatever. So I'd probably put some kind of restriction on that that says, like, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of an inside out like sort of judgment, right? Instead of just like you know, yeah. uh, roll the six, do a d six, you know, and then you're trying to like re-roll and like juice up your attacks. It's like you, you're kind of like I, like I gotcha, like got him, and then you're you're sort of like repeating this process, right? And, yeah. I mean, you could even like you know walk at d six, d three, like one mortal, and then like you know maybe it it gets I don't know it gets harder each time or you know. Yeah, I mean, I just don't want to. I just don't want it to like. I want it to be focused on killing big meaty things, yeah. right? Like, once a model is slain by this effect, it stops. Like, repeat until you slay a model. That's how you could stop it. That would be a good. There you go. Yeah. Right? So easy. against yeah, against a big thing, you can sit there. Like, you get the the enemy hero with it on a monster, and you just like blah, 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 blah. like, and you keep rolling under their armor save. You just jack them up, man. Just just that disease spreads right through them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, and it's fun. It's hype because you're both like sitting there, like you know, I'm don't fucking just all you need to roll, roll fucking four, and like ah three, and you know, and that that sort of back and forth starts to happen where you know, like I I like stuff like that too. By the way, like you know, I want to see Absolutely. I want to see awesome stuff on the table, even if it's not my awesome stuff. You know, like so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the foul pendant. <clears throat> we're gonna change its name, right? And instead, we're gonna make it something like uh. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, rancid meat of the first disease or something like that. Okay. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, the rancid, rancid ran the first disease. Yeah. Rancid Nomicon, you know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Right. <laughs> it's actually a chunk of like, of of like a horrible like of an infested of a chunk of infested flesh that's what i'm going for here right okay. yeah okay cool and what that's going to do like what the foul pendant does is it lets you unbind one spell in each enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard who cares you have like a million wizards in this army i don't need my one priest to accidentally be a wizard okay right for just the purposes of unbinding, like, but in all good night, what, what is this, right? Okay. No. Instead, right, we're going to, uh, instead, we're, we're going to do something super fun with this guy. Okay. And what we're going to say is that the bearer of this chunk of sacred diseased flesh when he encants, when he chants, sorry, uh, he triggers a great plague on a five plus instead of only on a six. Okay. Or on a five or six, not five plus, because I don't want to unmodified five plus. There you go. Um, which is cool. Like the great plagues are awesome. I want to play into that mechanic, right? Um, because it's really fun when you trigger great plagues, and they're they're really good effects. Um, they can actually do cool damage, and so what better sacred reliquary right do the do the priests of clan pestilence carry the rancid flesh of their most sacred diseases that have killed things yeah no it it, it makes perfect sense another thing that like it'd be pretty gnarly to model uh, you you're cutting yeah, up, just like... holding a little chunk of goo that's yeah. dripping yeah yes yeah no it's pretty sweet i see i that that's one of those goes back to the theme of the army artifacts right, right. like like going into like trickling like this this great plague, which is something that you don't often see, you know, you know, not maybe people not even playing playing against Gaven too often don't even know about this mechanic and and injecting it more into the game, 
you know, me, you know, really like, uh, you know, going viral with it. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, I do think that there's a that like one of the things missing here is an interesting sort of uh, buff piece for your for your plague people. I think a lot of that was sort of put in in different places. Yeah, so like I a plague think... furnace, and for a minute there, uh, uh, battalions had them. Right, and now the right. battalions are gone. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So we need to kind of bring that back in. Uh, the other two items are the brooding blade and the fumigatus. Um, I really didn't know what to do with the brooding blade. Um, it's you know I, I I'm not sure I have a great replacement for that one. Honestly, I only I only thought of five of these. But the the fumigatus. Okay, what I, I want I, here. I actually love the name, by the way. <laughs> the fumigatus. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Like I want a cool like maybe what the brooding blade should be. Like it just now occurred to me. You used to be able to take give your heroes a cool magic sensor like the sensor bearers have. Mm-hmm. But you got like a magic version of it. I mean, they were all magic weapons to a degree. But like you got a cool magic version of it. Something like that. I don't have any rules for it, but give get let the hero take a big sensor, like a big sensor, like the little sensor bearers. Where, where where my head's going with like a sensor like that, it could be a like a buff cloud, but actually like a LOS blocking. I know people don't love los blocking but like the fanatic rule like oh, sure that's you, what that's what it used to do yeah so like you just like you have the sensor basically that like you're like just you know this just sure. rat this crazed rat is just like swinging above yeah, their and head he's surrounded by like <laughs> it gives him plus one attack and he's surrounded by smoke and can't be targeted it's, it's yeah. not considered yeah. in line of sight yeah it's plus attacks. one attack because he whacked you with the sensor and like and and yeah. gets the fanatic rule it's perfect sure perfect <laughs> there we go okay dig it there, but there we did it we did it math we got the six yeah Awesome. <laughs> uh, the fumigators should be changed from what it is now, which is just completely stupid. Uh, it's another one of those, like, if you're super close to people, then roll a die, and sometimes you do mortal wounds. This this thing they can't help themselves from writing. We're going to get rid of that, right? And instead, the fumigators is going to be exactly what it should be, which is it drives your, your nearby pestilence rats into uh, a frenzy, right? And what it does is, is just going to give them a bonus, whatever's appropriate, right? Like whatever fits into the rest of the army, it's just going to be a utility piece. Yeah. If plus one attack piece. is what, if plus one attack is what this army needs, it gives, it gives that like nearby unit of plague monks a plus one attack or something like that. Right. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yep. We look at mathematically like, what, you know, like these, these are the buffs that are available. This is the one they need. Boom. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd have to go through and, and see, especially if this was done, be done as part of a book rewrite. Right. Right. It'd say like, okay, what buffs do we, we need to pass out here? This is the appropriate one for them, right? Yep. Maybe it's just like pure battle shock immunity and plus one to hit or something like that because they drive some fanatical. Sure, right? Maybe it's it sets all of their rend to neg one, right? Because they they're so strong they just punch harder. Like I don't care. Right. It could be any of those, but it'd be like a holy within twelve during your hero phase. You buff them. Uh, um, uh, and by 13, the way, if you try to holy within thirteen. Other than thirteen, yes. Um, and it would you could you could say like if you apply this buff to any unit that isn't clan pestilence, they immediately take the six mortal wounds, right? And like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like they're, they're getting diseased. I love that. That that puts that yeah, flavor I, back into it that I like to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So like if you wanted to go nuts and give it to your clan rats, you could, but you're gonna kill some clan rats, right? Yeah, that's fun. That's scaven to me <laughs> absolutely like you're just telling the uh the the uh skaven monk is just telling them to smell the glove and <laughs> like dying. <laughs> uh next up is clan verminous now verminous has been a clan for a long time but it really got called out as like a major clan here um and it is meth this is where we come 
This is where we come to the greatest, the greatest tragedy in this book. Okay, this whole section, yeah, lay it on is me. is tragedy. Mm. This Shakespeare couldn't write tragedy like this artifact section. These are like the martial warriors of the Skaven. Okay, mm -hmm. they're like the they're. This is like this is Warlord Queek's clan. The, the, yeah, this is where right? storm vermin are supposed to slap shit. Like, yeah, absolutely. And yet, nothing in this list is good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's all bad, and I hate it all. And there's a bunch of tr classically awesome magic weapons and armor that you used to be able to give Skaven to do really cool things. Okay? And they didn't bother to pick any of those. <laughs> Just blew by them and wrote mostly new garbage. I remember my friend well, my uh, my friend Sam bragging about how he could make a like a dueling unit champion. Like Verminous dude or something. I don't remember how he did it. That that like dueled my vampire and he was like throwing all these numbers at me i'm like how do you even do that and he's just like talking about all these artifacts he was laying on him it had to be that like this had to be what he was talking about back in the day right it had to be right. um and i yeah, just so, you know warlord queek head taker was his moniker as we recall like where where's the head taking here you know so absolutely yeah and i refuse to put air quotes around that old paint skaven are awesome warriors if you've risen to the level of a warlord you have killed thousands <laughs> tens of thousands of both enemies and allies <laughs> like that is not forget what you've heard about rising to the level of a varengard that's easy comparatively to rising to warlord level in a skaven clan i agree okay? yeah yeah so like you better be something to write home about um all right now we come to the specifics of this math there is a magic weapon. It existed in the 4th edition book. It existed in the 6th edition book. It existed in the 7th edition book. Okay? Or 5th or 6th, whatever. It existed in all those books. Mm -hmm. And the that item, Meph, is very sacred to Skaven kind. Mm -hmm. That item, Meph, is called the Fellblade. That item is what destroyed Nagash. Okay? The Fellblade is awesome. It's always been awesome. It's amazing, and it has a history. Yeah. It put down the Pope, okay? Yeah, yeah, Skelepope himself. Yes. The Fellblade in 4th edition... I mentioned that, like, 100 points is very expensive for a magic item. Mm -hmm. This magic item was 135 points. <laughs> okay? Right. The bearer strikes with a strength of 10. 10. That's the highest strength you could have. And each wound inflicted causes not one, but D6 wounds on the target. A model carrying the fell blade must roll a D6 at the end of his turn. On a roll of 6, he suffers one wound from the baneful, baleful effects of the weapon, with no armor saving throws allowed. So effectively a mortal wound. So that's right. just That was just a longer way of saying a mortal wound. Mm -hmm. In the next book, what did it do? The wielder has a strength of 10, and the wounds are multiplied into D6 wounds. And on a 3-up, you suffer a wound with no armor save allowed. Does this sound familiar, Mef? <laughs> you ready for what it did what, in the next yeah, book? Yeah, what, what, ne what did it do in the next book? I'm starting to this set the theme. sword gives the bearer a strength of 10. And any successful ward saves must be re-rolled. Any oh. unsaved wounds caused by the Fellblade are multiplied into D6 wounds. <laughs> And on a three up, you take a wound with no save allowed. That's right. They made it stronger. 
got more powerful. Right. It got more powerful over time. Yeah, well, that, I mean, around that time, uh, you know, like it had absorbed so much of Nagash's awesomeness that it got more powerful, really. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's got mm-hmm. got deadlier, really. So we're we're bringing back the Fellblade. If that is item number one I mean, this in is Clan like, Verminous. It's just like a slam a dunk, right? Like just... Yes. Yeah. This is so obvious, and this is where it belongs, right? Like, how? How yeah. is it not here? Yeah. Find this sword, somebody, okay? Or make a new one. <laughs> Fellblade 2. Even I'm... more felling. <laughs> like the, 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 the... Okay. Now, obviously, Fellblade we don't have, like, Fel, Fellblade 3 Tokyo Drift. As a like, concept. Yeah, just... yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, that's fine. Right. But what we're going to do with the Fellblade to, to represent... What did it used to do? Well, Strength 10 meant that, like, you wounded almost automatically. Right. You wounded on a 2-up, effectively, against almost anything you fought, right? Mm-hmm. And every wound multiplied into D6 wounds, okay? And then the, then the later version made you also reroll save rolls, right? Okay. Or war rolls, sorry. War rolls. Strength 10, importantly, would have also sheared off your armor saves. Like, you got no armor saves against that because it was so strong. No armor could be low enough to say to, to actually save against Strength 10. Mm-hmm. So, like, this thing did work, right? It caused wounds, son. That's what it's here for. Right. Okay? When you want to, got to kill who you're fighting, you fell blade him. All right. So, how do we translate that into the new rules? Okay. So what we say is that uh, the Fellblade, the wielder of the Fellblade, gains plus one to wound. Easy enough. Most, you know, so you're often wounding on twos. Cool. That's going to be close enough. Like that's that's going to give us back the old number, mm-hmm. right? We're going to say that the uh, any successful wound. Becomes D6 wounds. Roll a save against each. Yeah. Right? Like, instead of the D6 hits, like the old shock bolt bow, every every successful wound becomes a D6 wounds. But they, you know, save against all of them as normal. Okay? Neat. And we're going to say, ward saves cannot be taken against wounds inflicted by the Fellblade. I like that. I feel like the Fellblade is probably like a Ren 2, Ren 3, uh, you know, uh, blade. When well, it depends who you put it on. But wait, we're not done. Oh, okay. This okay, is a very right. powerful magic item. All right, all right. right that okay. I just handed out. Yeah. Plus one to wound, multiplying into D6 wounds. Now, they still get their normal armor save against it, right? So it's still running on your normal rend. Like, if you're only rend one, somebody can just save against all of those, right? All which right. Which is fine. Yeah. But they can't ward save against it, which is great. Okay. So... What we're going to do is we're going to carry back that old rule. At the start of your Battleshock phase, roll a d6. On a 3-up, you take a mortal wound. At the, start, not at the start of your Battleshock phase, at the start of the Battleshock phase, roll a die. On a 3-up, you take a mortal wound as the Fellblade's foul energies begin to consume you, right? And it's just <laughs> every Battleshock phase, that's happening. Tick, 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 right? It's constantly wounding you. Mm-hmm. There we go. So that's that's back. Chacking has been having cheese puns running this whole time. That I'm watching. Okay. I'm watching. They're great. They're great. Yeah. Just, uh, I had to, I had to uh, elect the winner 
with the uh, Felvita just yeah, Felvita mm-hmm. melts much better. That was that was the one that won. It's solid. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the next thing I'm doing is I'm gonna replace the shield of of uh of distraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think was in yeah it was in this one. It was in the last book. Um, actually, we'll keep the the shield of distractions interesting. But what do I want to replace? Probably the fray pelt cloak. Maybe that seems reasonable. Just trying to figure out what I want to get rid of because I want to bring another sword in because there was another really great sword. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other super awesome sword was the blade of black fury. Like another what, heavy like, metal name. Like <laughs> what a super great name, right? Yeah. Oh. Okay. What it used to do was give you bonus attacks, like plus two attacks. Okay. Mm-hmm. What it's going to do now is very simple. It's going to, uh, you know, whatever, choose one of your melee weapon profiles, double the number of attacks you make with that weapon. Right on. Easy. Yeah. Simple. Right. It's one profile. So, yep. Good. Done and dusted. Simple. Yeah. We'll, we'll kill the fray pelt cloak for that. That's easy enough. Okay. Um, this the the shield of distraction we can keep. It, it what it is here is reroll save rolls of one for attacks that target the bear. In addition to the start of the combat phase, pick one enemy model within three inches of the bear, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that model. Oi, oi, okay, that's that's mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. That's that's nothing. Yeah, basically, okay. blank, uh, basically blank entry. <laughs> right. Um. So instead, we're just gonna make this the the obvious choice. Right, um, that the shield of distraction uh, gives you uh, your minus one to be hit in melee, and uh, and reduce the rend of any melee attack against you by one. Okay, mm-hmm. um, does nothing against shooting. You there sure? You, you sure that it doesn't? Uh, it doesn't uh, give shooting units plus one to shoot you. Like it's so distracting that like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this hey, shoot... hey, hey, <laughs> I'm over here. Yeah. Uh, um, the Screech Skull trophies are. I I get why they're here. Yeah, it's not an existing item. They're here because they wanted a use for the Warlord Queek model that has the the trophies on his yep, back. Yeah, the head right? taker. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Like I get that. So, but it's its effect is that like I'm not gonna get rid of it because I love like that's cool. It's a cool name. I love Queek. So subtract one from the bravery characteristic of enemy units while they are within 13 inches of the bearer is just awful. <laughs> I don't think bravery does what what they think it does. You know, like I just it, from I want to like, know what they think it does. I me too. Um, like yeah. I, I, sorry. All right. This is worth no, an artifact no. choice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see from the entire world you pick here, this would be the thing you would pick, right? Yeah. <laughs> Instead, we're going to make this a super fun... This is going to be our super fun, wacky narrative item in Verminous. Okay? Big fan. Big fan already. All right. Hit me with it. Okay. So, each time this model slays an enemy model, you may add their skull to the screech skull trophies hell yeah hell yeah so this is going to have three settings just like uh uh or 
the Blood Knight level up effect. This is going to be our RPG item. Huge fan. Love it already. Yeah. Okay. More RPG effects, please. So if the if the trophy skull added had uh, the model had one wound or less, you know, had one wound. Yeah, yeah, okay. yes, yeah. If it's a if it's, it's a, normal a foot troop, yeah, yeah, it's thing. a battle it's line a or whatever. Troop, right? yeah. We'll say one or two wounds. We'll keep it at that, like because that's kind of our foot troop range now, right? Yep. You may heal a wound allocated to this model every time you add a a skull trophy. Okay. Yeah. Simple. Cool. Well, awesome. Um, if the enemy model had uh three wounds yep right or has the monster keyword right? three wounds or more or has the monster keyword so big things mm-hmm. right when you're saying big things and by the way you, you might make the like one two three and then four plus and monsters i don't care like whatever pick some you get the yeah, we're we're figuring like we'll figure out the level. again our playtesters we got a team of playtesters to like hammer out the assuming yes yeah okay yeah exactly um, if you add, if you add that, right. So three wounds or more, four wounds or more, or a monster, um, this model gains plus one to attack, uh, for the rest of the game, like increase all attacks this model makes by plus one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the, uh, if the enemy killed is a hero. Okay. Uh, then for the remainder of the game. Uh, after this unit has finished fighting, it may immediately pile in, or it may it may pile in a second time at the next available place in the order. Okay, like in other words, you don't get to yeah, go Van, like, Van Hells. It, it's it's a Van Hells. It's not a. It's a Van Hells. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They get the Van Hells effect, right? So you you go, your opponent goes, you go again. That's the idea. Beautiful. Right? Yeah, love it. Because you're never going to kill more than like one hero in a game. Let's be honest. Like, how many heroes are you going around lopping the heads off? So it should be a cool effect when it happens, right? It's super rare you get to collect multiple. Heroes well, I mean, it also plays with some of this design space. I like where they're going in right now. It's like the inverse of where like they have this thing where hero can activate, and then like you get to like stagger in and have a unit activate with the hero. It's kind of like the sure. inverse of that, where you're just like, "Are you not entertained?" Like you take the hero's head and then you like pummel their unit that was protecting them. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. Like, yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I love it. So yes, if you add the hero skull, then you gain second pile in in normal order of activation. Second pile in fight. Second yeah, fight. yeah, I love that. No, I I love it. And I, it's a cool, fun RPG mechanic. You get to go and oh, take a verminous hero and walk around and level him up. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I I love the level up mechanics. I actually was hoping that um my my hypothetical beast of chaos uh next book uh has leveling up mechanics for the herd stone stone. Because, like, the idea is that you go out, they go out and they kill stuff and they bring it back to the herdstone. That's in, like, the, the fluff and the flavor. And so, like, for each thing that they've killed, they've added to the herdstone, and the herdstone gets, like, a different aura because <laughs> they've, like, leveled it up. I always, I thought that'd be really sweet. But uh, table-wide red, like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll absolutely take that. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, we're passing around some wicked bonuses recently. So, you know, I feel like there's, uh, I feel like we got a little more, more freedom here. Yeah. Uh, to, to do some wacky stuff, right? So, so absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I think artifacts should kind of get to break the, the rules of the game a little bit. Um, that's, yeah. You get one of them. You know, like, it, it's... I know everyone gets one of them, so, you know, season to taste, and you have to adjust for that. It's not like something you're going out of your way to get. Everyone gets one, right? But they should still... It, it, it always reminds me of, like, how, sort of in a basic, like, sort of Dungeons & Dragons sense... If it, you know, if you, you do the thing, it's a bonus. If it spends a resource, it gets to break economy. You know, right. like, 
and and that's yep. where artifacts for me feel like they should like break economy a little bit like they should yep they should go a little bit outside the bounds of like what normal you know what a normal uh uh command ability says on the war scroll something's able to do and you know just they they should a normal banner buff a normal uh unit just has a plus one to hit because it's their thing they use these swords that do the thing you know like whatever it is like i always i've always felt like artifacts should just go a little bit outside of bounds not not like balance out of bounds just rules out of just a little yeah into neat effects i agree yeah yeah here are going to be slam dunks so rust cursed armor there there was an item called rust armor it was always stupid it existed before i the idea that like rusty armor is your special magic item haha skaven dumb get rid of it fired off the roof <laughs> no instead we're pulling in the second banner i mentioned banners earlier here's where our second one goes in the appropriate place on the verminous people right because they're the, the leaders of sense. sort of the martial forces yeah makes perfect sense okay and we're bringing back my favorite one of my favorite banners of all time the sacred standard of the horned rat like just a great like this is this is it Right. So the sacred standard of the horn rat, what it did in like uh, the sixth edition book or whatever, fifth edition book, whatever, was it made your unit cause fear. That was very meaningful. Um, fear was super meaningful because if you if you beat an opponent in combat and you caused fear, they had to auto flee from you. They they would they break and then you and then you would, and then you would run run uh, over run them. Out. Yep. No, it was it, my exactly. entire my entire strategy when I played Undead. That was it. Is just to have a big because you could force. Yeah. Uh, you had fear when you were like outnumbered them, and so you would just yeah, force, yeah. force break tests and then run them down with my like cavalry, like my whites on. Uh, you know my my uh, mounted whites. Uh, Absolutely. Now. That was it. That's how I played. It was the only tactic I had. Um, sorry. In but. no, you're good. In, in the next edition, it gave them neg one bravery effectively, neg one leadership, and uh, and the owning player can make enemy units in base contact with the bearer of this banner. Reroll any successful leadership tests. So. A little bit uh, more meaningful than a than a, a current battle shock, but yeah, go ahead. Sure. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, all, uh, all Skaven tied models, wholly within, let's say, twelve inches of this banner or something, some some decently sized radius. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's bigger. I don't know. Thirteen inches. There you go. Thirteen inches Perfect. of this banner. Of course, Perfect. it's thirteen. Yeah, it's, of course, it's right. Um. Uh. Gain. Uh. Basically, like. Uh. I don't want to make them immune to battle shock, but effectively they're gonna they're gonna gain like a, a a strength in numbers kind of ability like they used to have. They got modified now and whatever whatever. We'll give them a new strength in numbers. They get a big bravery bonus. It doesn't matter. They're super brave. Okay, like it, you can still take battle shock tests, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But the important part, like that's just the minor bonus. That's the little frosting. Okay. What it actually does is enemy units within 12 inches of this banner may not issue or receive command abilities in the Battleshock phase. Right? Fear in them, bravery in you. So then they can't benefit from Inspiring Presence. Yeah, it's perfect. There yeah. you go. Yeah, excellent design space. Like, we've, we've gone into that with, like, the monster shouts and stuff. Like, I, I love that. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Moves and counter moves, right? Like you're spending your resource to be able to do this. You don't like it? Kill my model with the banner. You know. <laughs> exactly. The um, last one, the warpstone charm. I'm okay with keeping. It does as well have a history going all the way back. It's kind of always done a consistent thing, which was let you do a reroll. But instead, we're just gonna steal from the stormcast. So we're just gonna literally make this that lucky charm thing from the stormcast that lets you like set the die on a single hit wound. Yeah. 
charge something roll like pick the list of things you can set one of the die there you go that once again that's what it does i enjoy that easy easy peasy yeah little little kairos yeah. fate weaving going on yes out of only for your own stuff but it's fun right? right once a game you get to cheat congratulations very scaven that actually brings us naturally onto one of my one of my notes i'd said that i'd circle back to is i want to see scaven cheat more mm-hmm. like cheat more in legal and fun ways perfect example like yeah perfect example all right so scryer verminous molder the one i don't care about i'm gonna be honest with you uh like okay look i'm not a molder guy i don't know what to tell you okay They've never really had much of a history of magic items, even as it were. Like, their special creations were their monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm actually going to kind of cheat on this section. Because here's what I'll say. Like, the Rabid Crown is real good, but it wouldn't fly now because it's just straight reroll wounds within a pretty big radius. And that kind of, like, rerolling thing is gone. So you'd probably just keep that and make it, like, plus one to wound, which, fine. Pretty good. Like, pretty good. Um... What all of the, like, I'll, I'll sum it up like this. What almost all of these in Mulder should be doing, since Mulder doesn't have a Vermilord, they just have their foot heroes. Okay. Which, by the way, why? Where's our Mulder Vermilord? Just, that's. Yeah. Nice. But anyways, what these should be doing is just buffing the various and sundry fighting beasts and pack units in various ways yeah your help okay. and abominations should just get get the juice like yeah like one of these ramps up hell pits and makes them actually good in some way one of the like w- would make him super offensive or but actually what it would make him do is faster because that's the problem he moves super slow so we just like what you would do with him is ramp his speed in a way like give him a big bonus to move and charge mm-hmm. so he can actually get over there because the problem is he's a he's a dumb dumb with a 2d6 move on a five up stave so he's just dead <laughs> like the stupidest thing yep like that that is just rules suicide Mm -hmm. okay any so so like that's what that one's gonna do you're gonna have one for giant rats that is called like the pipes of piebald that's right i did figure out a way to get those pipes in there you blow the little pipes and you refill your giant rat units it acts like the soul render with the more fan bonus like you get d3 plus three giant rats back in the unit just like yeah fantastic yeah Right? Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, you just go down the list of the Mulder units and you go, how do we, uh, how do we, like, modify these to, to be more, you know, to just be more, do more, right? Like. Yep. The Rat Ogres, what you would do is you would probably just give them, like, Death Frenzy, right? Because that would be a super fun thing. So even if they die, they still fight. Or yeah. they fight again. Yeah, and then you would release new models for them. <laughs> sure, you would bring back the perfectly good plastic kits that have that somehow disappeared. The island of blood or whatever, yeah. Which is what I mean. I have a dozen rat ogres, and like, uh, mine are either the old old metal ones from the '90s, which were actually really good, uh, or they're the like. There's a version of there's a couple versions of those that were real good, or they're the. I have a bunch of the island of blood ones because I bought so many island of blood kits. Like, just oh, so many. So so yeah, many. rub it, rub it in. 150 clan rats. Yeah, all the all the chat, so. just all chat gang, just like so jelly. Everyone in chat gang who plays Skaven. <laughs> yeah, don't get to to uh, eleven thousand or twelve thousand or whatever I have now points of Skaven accidentally. Um, 
Yeah, so that should be what Mulder's doing, right? And then if you want to give him, like, one slightly different thing, you could pull from any of the past stuff. Like, they had, like, the Electro Whip and the Shock Prod, you know, neat stuff like that. Like, give him a cool magic man catcher that just, like, can, boom, snap people for, mortal, for big mortal wounds whenever you attack. Like, on a six to wound, they do, you know, a bunch of extra mortal wounds. Like, something goofy like that that's actually worth thinking about for a minute. Fine. Right. Yeah. But most of it you want here is those guys aren't combat heroes. They're utility heroes. So give them items that suit what they actually want to do, which is their weapons are their fighting beasts. Yep. So make their items affect what they actually fight with, which is their giant rats, their rat ogres, their hell pits, and so on. Yeah, right, right on. Right. I think we can move on from Mulder. I, 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 I accept your your uh, your cheat. Um, it it's okay. It wouldn't be a Skaven, uh, a Skaven episode without a little... You got to cheat a little. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because now we get to the one that I actually care about quite a bit. Okay. Is it Eshin? Uh, which is Eshin. Yes, absolutely. Now we get to Eshin. And look, is this the, is this the coolest clan? Yes, of course. Let's not, what are we even talking about? This isn't even up for discussion. Of course they are. Don't be insane. I'm half in Scryer, half in Eshin, but but Games Workshop has forced my hand by ignoring Eshin for however long, you know? And so it's like, so I I like that you you went hard in the paint there. You were just like, absolutely. Like, no hesitation from you. Yeah. They are, of course, Ninja rats are the coolest. Okay, look, I didn't get into uh, I didn't get into to the original Kamigawa because I didn't want to get a bunch of ninja rats. Of course, that's what I did. I didn't start becoming a nerd because I didn't watch TMNT led by a, a ninja rat sensei. Okay, yes, like I, my whole nerd trajectory is because of of teenage mutant ninja turtles and or rats. Okay, like yes. <laughs> like that's why I'm to the party. All right, go on. Yep. Nope, you're you're exactly correct. <laughs> and the history of Eshin items is actually pretty cool. So um because there's there's they didn't have a lot uh back in the like oldest one except for one item. One item that somehow then like disappeared, like it it sticks around for a while and then disappears. And that's the cloak of shadows. Okay, which is a super cool name. By the way, we're throwing out this entire list. I'm not even going to go through them. That's we're fine. throwing out this entire list for the most part, except the Gnaw Bomb, which is legit cool and awesome to turn random terrain into Gnaw Holes. That's a super cool thing. I love that this dude can, like, this teleporty guy can pop up and just be like, bloop, and then scave and pile out of it. Yeah. Awesome effect. It's great. Narratively cool, mechanically compelling, fantastic. I have no problem with the gnaw bomb. It is, it is, in fact, da bomb. Yeah, the, okay. your your de- your vermin lord deceiver can natively teleport, so like they would teleport gnaw bomb. Now your army teleports, like great, classic, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the cloak of shadows because this thing was bazonkers in its original incarnation. <laughs> the cloak of shadows is seventy five points. The wearer cannot be charged or shot at unless the enemy first rolls a six on a d6 to spot him that's right yes oh cannot be charged or shot at and you might think in your head well okay good so the way to take him down is magic 
A wizard cannot direct a spell against the wearer unless he first rolls a five or six on a D6. <laughs> That's a very powerful item. In its next incarnation, it would become in order to shoot or cast a spell against the bearer, enemy units first need to roll a five or a six on a D6. If they fail, they can choose a different target, choose to cast a different spell, etc. So that's what Does, it that. doesn't lock them out, but yeah, okay. Consistent, right? It is hiding you from enemy sight. That's it. We have it's a pretty simple. We have a small precedent in, or well, did in in IDK. I haven't checked the new book yet, right? With the cloak of midnight or whatever, like. Yeah, which is gone now, but sure, similar thing, right? Where you would just be like, and disappear for a turn. Honestly, okay. I, I, I want to see what you do with this, because I have, I have some thoughts. Okay. Here's my suggestion for it, okay? Because, honestly, what I don't want this going on is a Vermin Lord Deceiver. Mm. Okay? And so, like, I would put a label on this that says, like, Above. Death Master Only. Yeah, or above or wound count of... Yeah, like, only can only be on heroes with wounds 9 or less, or, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the, 9's like their that. number that they've really gravitated towards, so 9 or less. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That would be nice, because then you actually open the door for future Eshin characters that might get created that could also take this. Because their hero list is is thin. Um, it shouldn't and be. It shouldn't be. And the Deathmaster is such a disappointing Snitch! Role. Snitch never died! Snitch lives, so like, tough. I'm going to graffiti well, everything. All of them used like... to have, yeah, all of the Eshin units used to have ward saves. Six up, five up, four up. That's how it used to be. They didn't have wear armor. They just had, they had Storm Shadow clothes on, right? Like, they were, they were like, they yeah. weren't in armor. Well, I mean, they were it's, just in ninja, it's, in ninja it's, clothes. It's actually awesome, though, like, because, like, you have six up or dash, depending, right? And then they just have, like, right. sweet ward saves, you know, dialing up or down. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, that's where they should be. Yes, like they're now. dodgy ninjas. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But we're not doing a full Eshin rewrite, but right, of course no. that's what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. You're fine. Okay, so basically what this, if, what the what the Shadow Cloak is going to do now, remember, this is only on your small hero, so only on a Deathmaster. Uh, if the bearer is within three inches of any other model or terrain, okay, they may not be the target of a spell or a shooting attack. That's it. There you go. That easy. Like, if they're near something they can hide, again, standard D&D rules apply. You can't hide standing in an open field. But if you're within three inches of terrain or other people, anything that would, you know, obscure in some way, right? Yeah. You can't be seen. You're just in their shadows. Done. It's perfect. It's, 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 easy. it's literally perfect. It just, no, like, no, no notes. 10 out of 10, I mean, or 5 out of 7, as Halo would say, perfect. Right. Right. It's, it just, like, yeah, okay. So, now I want to talk about other cool magic items that should be in this list. Here we've got to go back to the, like, 7th edition book. 6th, 7th edition book, whatever it was. I don't remember when these books came out. I apologize, everyone. I just tapped them, but I don't, like, this is all 20 years ago, so I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Clan Eshin's Tools of War, they had some awesome items, Meph. Awesome items. We'll start with the less awesome one, but it's still cool. You ready? Yeah. It's called Smoke Bombs because they're ninjas. They <laughs> drop smoke bombs. Yeah. 
Because <laughs> it's awesome. Right. Okay. So, smoke bombs. Okay. This unit, you may you may use smoke bombs at the start of any movement phase. If you do, you may retreat. Okay. If it is your turn, you may also charge later in that same turn. So you can do an off-turn retreat from the enemy. Like in their phase, you're like, smoke bombs, come out. Right? <laughs> but if you do it on your turn, you can actually charge back in. You don't get off-turn charging. Let's not be, I don't want to be too crazy here. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you can just like drop smoke bombs and you're out. I, I love how measured of a hand you've shown in in your design. Like I I I go to like I go very far because I count on someone like you to rein me back in. Like we're talking sure. about like the, the dev designer uh relationship. Mm -hmm. like, I'm very much on the like I tend to be a lot more on the designer at, uh, side of things. Sure. Hoping a developer will like rein me in or an editor will be like, yo, look at your math <laughs> you know? um, because I just want to write and, 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 and get the most interesting ideas out there that I possibly can and worry about the numbers later. And you've shown a very measured hand the whole time, which is really like, I want to make these compelling and interesting, but not like I, I want to, I want people to look at the list and go, Oh, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's something I, I want to build around. Like that's cool. The other, the other bomb, cause there were multiple bombs. Eshin was known for bombs. Uh, they, in fact, have an atom bomb. Uh, so, uh, Infernal Bomb, one use only. Except at a turn in which he charges, an assassin can place an Infernal Bomb anywhere along his path during the movement phase, or, if in a unit, anywhere along the path the unit has traveled. A model can place an Infernal Bomb and march, announce your intentions to drop, to drop off an Infernal Bomb and mark the spot. A coin will do. The model and or unit that places the bomb must set the bomb and move away. Once placed, an infernal bomb cannot be moved. The owning player can choose to explode an infernal bomb at any time, except during the player turn in which it was placed. However, an infernal bomb that would explode with its template touching the model that placed the bomb or any member of the unit cannot be detonated. I don't know why. Certainly, you, you can. For, like, <laughs> of course, Skaven can detonate. Yeah, of course they can. Yeah. When triggered, an infernal bomb explodes on a D6 roll of 2+. On a 1, the infernal bomb is a dud and does not explode. Uh, if it does explode, place the large round template centered on the counter. Any model at the template center takes a single strength 10 hit, causing D3 wounds. Any model touched by the template suffers a strength 3 hit. Okay. So, yes, you dropped a mine, right? Like, what a cool concept. <laughs> yeah. Terrible implementation, but, it's, but it reads great, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, Meph, we happen to have a thing now in the game, okay? that uh that everybody wants to go move and get near an objective yeah like here the problem was you put that on the line people just don't walk near it like, <laughs> it, it wasn't it what didn't matter there was no objectives it was just mission kill so it's a stupid thing right yeah. yeah but now yeah we have these things called objectives you may have heard of them people want to get near them yeah so you can put the infernal like it's a magic item that once per battle, you choose like at the start of the battle. Like, like there's a couple different ways we can we can incarnate this, but I'm just gonna do it the fun way. Okay, at the start of the battle, you can choose an objective. You can like an objective doesn't have to be you control. Sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> that objective 
just, has been infiltrated. It's booby trapped. Bomb yeah, yeah, it's just been. It's it. just, yes. They, they booby trapped the objective. Right. <laughs> the first time an enemy unit takes control of that objective, you may choose to detonate the infernal bomb. Yeah. Okay. If you do, like, if you do, all like you have to announce this. It's not a secret thing. We'll we'll play fair. Okay. So the so that the opponent Disgusting. can make the choice. Disgusting. I know, I know, but like disgusting. I, I don't want to catch people out with that stuff. Like, I want people to make a choice. Okay. Okay. All right. Like, if, if we're gonna do this at the start of the game thing, then people have got to make a choice. Like, see, I would have, I would have done the like note in. I would have went the note in secret, or you know, like where you you write it down your sheet that which one you sure. booby trap. I just hate stuff like that because it like because our game is a our game is a perfect information game and so when we have rules right. that aren't perfect information it feels like it touches a third rail of the game right right like you, you exactly should, all the cards all of our cards are, we're playing with our cards all face up even the cheaty yeah. stuff where you've booby trapped an objective should be face up i get where you're coming yes. from i get where you're coming from like is, is what I'm yeah saying. yeah so yeah. and and you know look it's not that i don't love being secret and then haha i blew up all your units but that's going to be a super feel bad for what i'm about to say okay, okay. all right which all right, is all right, all right. the first time the enemy takes control of the objective Okay, the first, you may choose to detonate the bomb. If you do, all units within the objective's area of, cont <laughs> of, of contest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, roll a die. Okay. On a four plus, they take a d6 mortal wounds. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you want that? You want that objective? How bad do you want it? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much because you know there's gonna be a game where like where somebody's been avoiding the objective that you booby trapped with the, and like mm -hmm. it, it comes down to what we call the scramble right that late game scramble sure. for points yeah yeah and they've just got like that like three wound hero or whatever <laughs> like left and they're just like <laughs> they're like they're looking at it and they're sweating like at the key and peel sketch just <laughs> pouring down their yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I love that that's great. Um, so I, I like that very much. Um, the, the, the three fangs is like a really fun, cute magic item that's in here. It's like once we're about at the start of your shooting phase, you can pick one enemy hero within six inches of the bear and roll three dice. If all three rolls are three plus and the combined value of the three dice is greater than the enemy models wounds characteristic, the enemy model is slain. I'm, I'm going to keep this magic item cause it's so goofy and wonderful, but I'm going to make its range 12 inches. Okay. Not That's 13. what I'm going to do with it. No, sorry, 13 inches. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Because, like, you have to get super close, and it's just, like, it is hard to get that roll off and everything. And it can't kill big monster heroes. It just kills small heroes, right? Because the the kind of most you could get, it just wouldn't be high enough to hit their combined wound total, right, in almost all situations. Mm -hmm. Like, your maximum, maximum roll is an 18, so I guess on, like, a miracle roll, you would kill, like, a 14-wound monster or something, but it's pretty rare. Right. So it's a fun, rarefied little mini game you get to play, but make it far enough to where you could actually pull it off, right? Not that you have to get so close to them. Yeah, and they're the assassin clan. They should be able to maybe assassinate yeah. you if the stars align. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Um, the they have the 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 warp weaver stars, which they have classically had throwing stars. So that's like warp stone stars. Um, the trick is the original warp stone shards stars were like real good. This model can throw as many warp stone stars in a single shooting phase as it has attacks on its profile, all against the same target. 
Treat them as normal throwing stars, but with a range of 10 inches and a strength of 5. Each unsaved wound is multiplied into D3 wounds. It was a good item. Now, it's pick one of the bearer's missile weapons. If the unmodified wound roll for an attack made by that weapon is 6, that attack inflicts D3 mortal wounds on the target in addition to any normal damage. I like that. So, like, I get where they're at with that. that, Right? It just doesn't quite, like, I can't picture the world where my assassin, okay, like, let's, because the strength of that weapon is completely based on my number of melee or or missile attacks, right? Mm -hmm. Because this is on the wound roll. Yeah? And that dude has four throwing stars, like four ranged attacks. With a range of 12 inches. It's not super far. Okay. So like you're not. Like on average you would look at that and go. What am I getting out of this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you're just. You're getting almost nothing out of that. Right. Uh, Because. at Like. You're rolling four dice. By the way these hit even for the assassin. On a four up. I mean I think you're if you're looking mathematically. You're like sub 10% if I dirty math it. Like you're you're right. actually gonna like you're exactly correct. Yes. Unbelievable. Exactly. You know, you you literally have less than a ten percent chance of getting a mortal wound. It's like it's crazy bad, right? So, if we're gonna keep the if we're gonna keep the whole make as many attacks as you've got, like it modifies a missile attack, which fine, okay. Let's make it actually do something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. What I want to do here is we'll keep the, like, we'll keep the D3 mortal wounds, okay, Mm -hmm. on the wound roll of six, but we're also going to say any successful hit becomes D6 hits. I love it because it's like they explode out into, like, little shards and shrapnel and, like, right. Yeah, I love that. Now we actually have a chance to trigger some of those mortal wounds, right? So each successful hit becomes D6 hits. Leave him on the four up, mm-hmm. right? So you get two, which becomes two D6 hits, which you then roll into your wounds. So you get an average of two D3 mortals or something like that when you throw it, right? Something, you get you know what I'm saying, like somewhere around. Yeah, you're, actually yeah and then you, and then you get that the, general space. And then you, you have get the an average t- of D3, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have the Timmy effect where, like, if the stars align, the shooting stars align, you know, the ninja stars align, you just, like, and you, like, pepper somebody and you just, like, you have the, yeah. huge, the huge effect that, you know, that once in a lifetime, like, my, my beast lord killed a keeper of secrets, like, that with a sort of judgment. For, yeah. So I forever love the sort of judgment because that one thing, and it doesn't matter, my confirmation bias is so strong, I will never not love that that artifact. The same thing happens, but with ninja stars. Where it like right. it just feels so good for Clan Eshin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then the final item, we're just gonna pick like one of the classic weapons. Like it could be like tra- technically the assassin has a weeping blade now because it's the Deathmaster model, right? But you so you could call it like the weepingest blade. You know, I don't care. You get my point, right? Like make, yeah, yeah. pick some name. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's gonna be like or you could this was a fun name, the cursed blade of delirium. Isn't that a fun? Yeah. Isn't that a fun name yeah, for a yeah, weapon? Yeah. Like pretty metal. There's lots of good classic weapon names we could pick. But what this is going to do is exactly what Eshin should do, which is uh, uh, armor saves. You may not make armor saves rolls against damage inflicted by this weapon. Classic. Choose. Yeah. Yeah. Choose one of your profiles. Your opponents do not get make may not roll armor saves against this this weapon. 
Yeah. I even extended award saves, like no armor award saves of any kind. Like Nah, you don't want to do that because then it's just it's too way too potent. But yeah, like something like that where they just cut through armor. Or if you don't like that, if you feel that's too much, then make it be, you know, like rend a high number. Yeah. I'd be okay with that, right? Like move it up to like they get two additional rend. Something like that. So they go up to like rend three or rend four on the on the on the the big guy. Mm -hmm. Fine. You know, I'm okay with that, right? Like it can we can do a cool rend bonus and that's fine. Right. I, I have no issue with that. But like they, they should have a dagger in the dark, punches through armor, it doesn't matter kind of weapon, right? And there you go. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. And uh that's it, buddy. We did it. That's yeah. the enhanced thing. Yeah, we've enhancenated. You you know this 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 started with uh this actually started with the episode we did uh last yeah. summer, uh just kind of doing general artifacts. And uh, so it was, it, it was kind of an honor to to have you you back on uh, with Skaven, one of your your sort of like chief passions, um, and uh, and and just talk about. I I didn't these these enhancements have had like two guests usually or like two people to do the artifacts. I'm like it's Vince, we're good. <laughs> I got this covered, buddy. Yeah, yeah, and you know what it really comes down to is there's so many cool classic magic items in Skaven, mm -hmm. and. I just really wish that we would use those and, and or make the Skaven magic items good. Now, you know, if we ever get a new book, which my money's on us getting a new book this summer. I think it's, I think it's this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer I, Tome is Skaven. Yeah. I expect it'll actually it go to like three magic items per instead of six. So I've probably over-designed the heck out of this. But I don't care if it's only three. Over-inspired. Over yeah, over-inspired, we're saying. Like we've over-inspired Games Workshop to, to pick. Three. And bring back the Fellblade. Why... Does the fell blade not exist? Bring yeah. it back. Yeah, I've see, I, I've really enjoyed the sort of like nostalgia journey because I mean the artifacts identity. I mean that's the, one of the things I've been preaching. If you're losing your army's identity, the thing that gets people to the party, right? Like if, if you you got the invitation to the Skaven party at some point in your your AOS career or Warhammer yeah. career, and you're not. Like you, you get into the party and like none of the like none of the decoration looks like Skaven to you. You know, it 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 feels a little alienating. And uh, right. this is this is Skaven is one of was one of Games Workshops. To me it's it's a tentpole army. It is one of the most Games Workshop things that exists. It right. it is uniquely I mean, I'm gonna honk Osiric uh, Bone Reapers a little bit. Um I can play vampires in anything. Vampires exist all over the place. Sure. Skaven are yeah. kind of uniquely Games Workshop, right? Right. And and so I love that. Uh, they just, were drawn from another source, but really they're the Games Workshop thing. People associate it with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and it makes sense because, you know, the bubonic plague and stuff. I understand, like, being in Britain and thinking of, of, of rats. But, like, with the warp, uh, you know, the warp energy and you just sort of getting this sort of, like, dirty, uh, you know, this dirty, like, version of aether punk and they've just really sort of forged their own identity going forward uh yeah this doubled as a skaven history lesson which is great look it's it's always shows within shows baby that's what brand cast that's what you get 100 <laughs> percent. and like there's so much good history in in these skaven tomes and i just want to see that brought to the fore in a real way like it is such a cool unique flavorful fun interesting army mm -hmm. right so let's do that let's lean into it yeah you know we get like we have all this cool stuff draw on it use it to the advantage 
right? Like, why not use this stuff? I don't, I don't understand. All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to keep you much longer, but um, uh, I guess uh, final soapbox. Uh, anything you want to get off your chest? Any, uh, any uh, uh, wish listing for Skaven? If, if Vince were, were James Workshop for a day, you know, what would this, this, this battle tome be? You know, what, what would you want from it? Apart from obviously oh, gosh. artifacts. So much. Yeah. So much. You know, like we talked about the thing as a whole. I mean, like if there's there's like a there's a an imaginary world where we get a refresh on most of the line. I, I honestly want the models more than I want almost anything. Um, even if it was only partial, even if it was like Molder and uh, and Eshin getting model refreshes, right? Like, because I actually don't mind Clan Rats. I don't mind Storm Vermin. They're very monopose, um, but whatever. Okay. Like if I have to accept a lesser re, you know, if I don't get the whole almost whole line resculpt that I would want, just give me new sweet ninja rats. They've done so many little little hints at it over time. Um, but you know what I'd want out of the army is it just doesn't actually do anything right now. That's the problem. Like it, it doesn't do any damage. It just kind of sits there and like dies. Mm -hmm. um, I want to see it have the multiple playstyles. Like over the history of Skaven, it had this this multiple personalities where sometimes it was about being a horde army. Sometimes it was about being a very much a shooting army. Sometimes it was about having just, you know, endless waves of chaff in front of your, um, you know, in front of your, uh, your, your actual things that were doing damage, your casters and maybe a little bit of shooters or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I'm, <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm fine with, with all of that. Uh, I want to see all of those play styles be viable in, you know, whatever new book we would get, right? Um, where you can be leaning into more shooting type weapons, where you can have yeah, your squire goes shooty, like yeah, sure. You know, and I, the, my main ask would be fix the battle line situation because that's really the atrocious situation right now, yeah. where we have the worst battle line if because you have to be uniformly built your list. The second you include anything that's not part of that clan, you suddenly lose all your battle line if, and you either have to have clan rats or storm vermin. And that's just not how Skaven work. You know, you borrow from clans. Like, people, the the, the clans hire from each other all the time. Yeah, the con like a, an actual contracting allegiance ability. Like, literally have that represented in the rules where, like, they contract sure. the other other clans to show up and do stuff. And, like, if it takes the form of, like, a one in, a one in four or one in three, or the, the values are arbitrary. We can set them to be as as lax and meaningful and it feels like the contract rules represented from the fluff, but it's right. not restrictive in the play. We can, we can, we can, right. we can dial those wherever we need to. Right. So like yep. have, have some like literal allegiance contracting thing where they're there or fluff or it's a, a hand wave. Like, Oh yeah. Like you can totally like bring verminous into, into your like scryer army. Cause they're contracted. You have the contract rule. And like now you're using, uh, right. You know, storm right, right. vermin as your as your battle line now. So that would be my number one wish. My my number two would be uh, like or number two wish I guess because number one is the new skulls. Number two is is fix the battle line situation. Number three is make vermin lords scary. Like I'd like to see them actually be worth. They're they're effectively greater demons, and I think all greater demons should be somewhere between four and five hundred points. They shouldn't be things you take a ton of. Um, they should be scary things. When one's on the table, you should be. Oh, there was a small window there. Where it felt like, like when I saw, we had the where they got it right. Yeah, there was a small window there. Uh, I was I've always been a huge fan of the Deceiver, uh, with like a sort of judgment, uh, just like doing sure. wacky stuff like that, where you're like, like 
he's going to keep you honest. This this story, like they're going to teleport, they're going to swing the sword, they're going to reroll some hits, and you're going to like you're going to have to account for that happening. And right. and like watching the opponent like sweat a little bit, and then as the 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 further we got away from that book, sort of like initial like blockages, the things that really people were gravitating towards as like the big problem. This happened with with Petrifex Elite. People couldn't see past Petrifex Elite to some of the Ossiarch Bone Reaper weaknesses. Uh, they couldn't see past the fucking uh, tornadoes uh, in Skaven to some of the weaknesses in that book. It, it it happens with these armies that have this like they they show up into the meta with a punch, and then. You, you you never get to see past it. I hope people see past it this time. Skaven deserves yeah. to be one of our tentpole armies, like I said. It just should it should always be relevant. And that cavalcade of playstyles can be difficult to balance. I respect I, I respect it. But you've got a talented team of writers, and I think they can do it. I've seen some armies be able to be switch hitters to the you know, now. I've seen Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So you don't you my, don't my only other ask would be uninvent uh like uninvent warp lightning vortex because it's <laughs> terrible and it's always been terrible to play against just uninvent it like you can keep the end of the spell i'm not saying you got to get rid of the model like it's a model that exists so it will have rules but just like make it be a thing that shows up and does damage or something you know like whatever it doesn't need to do it doesn't need to completely bone the enemy out of playing the game like what a what a horrible dumb thing well, and, and that's um, exactly that blockage I was talking about. Like, it, it just, that showed up, and we couldn't see past it. It was it was right. difficult to, right? And and Well, because it was such an oppressive, awful experience. Like, I, that's just the thing. I don't blame people for it. I really don't, because it was awful to play against. It was just unfun. Mm-hmm. Like, you wrote a bad rule. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, people are allowed to say, hey... I don't care if this is too strong or not. This just isn't fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't that can be a thing, right? Yeah. And and you know, so like, stop it. Stop making things like that. Don't do that. Bad. I, this is where I, I I often plagiarize you. You say this has nothing to do with balance. Like sometimes you'll you'll like this has nothing to do with balance. I don't care if it's op. It's not fun. Like and and I'm constantly like, I've been I've been riffing off that for a while now as I've sort of developed my beliefs on the game. Um, you know, I want stuff to be great. I actually want things to be powerful, right? Like, I, I don't want uh, a world of of four uh, 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 hits on fours, wound on fours, deals one damage, no rend. You know, like, I don't want... Right. I don't live in that world. Um, I want to live in the world where, where, where you pop a magic scroll and all of the all of the flying units on the table stop flying and, and might take mortal wounds, you know? like Yes. I, I want to live in that world, uh, personally. And and I I hope that Skaven at least, if... I'm I'm with you. Uh, like, I've, I've speculated some speculation. I think Skaven's coming. Like, uh, it might be, like, a micro Skaven release. It could, I don't know. Maybe just Molder gets... Re- you know, it could be something like that. I refuse to believe we're going to get models. I just don't think we will in this year. In this year of our Lord, 2022. I'm, and and I'm, if I if I let myself believe it for even a second, and then it, it comes out and we don't, uh, I'll be crestfallen. Yeah, it'll be like like the Truman Show where the cloud follows him, like the rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, I I'm hoping for a gloom spike at the very least. A gloom spike gets, but I I hope I never expect. That's my trick. Um, have sure. hope, but don't expect. Right. Have hope. It's don't a have completely fair point. Yeah. So that's that's me. Uh, uh but yeah, uh, this has been a great episode. Uh, anything you want to 
uh, put on blast shout out real quick before we get out of here? Uh, everybody should be watching the Creature Caster Instagram. If you're not, go check it out. You might find a fun thing there. Damn. Check out the Creature Caster Instagram. And at Adepticon, you'll be able to to pick up something very new and very cool that, that I may have been involved in. So check it out. Right on. And uh, and just like one final question. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about the best damn Soulbound show and coming back this year? You think that... <laughs> I, I think it could happen. It's, it's fine. I think it's going to be tough. Uh, uh, our yeah. schedules have gotten Oh, they're so bad. Yeah, years, it's, it's horrible. Um, but a couple like uh, I did a I did a one shot and I, I had two little like cameo at the beginning and at the end. Mm -hmm. And like uh, there was a little disposable line where the characters like just were standing there in the wilderness and they're looking back at the tower and they're like and Skig's just like, nah, I fucking hate Zinch. Well, he didn't swear, but he's like, I hate sure. Zinch <laughs> type thing. And I'm like that was just like roll credits. And it was <laughs> that is absolutely appropriate. Yes, he would. So, all right, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on here tonight. Uh, Chat gang, you're the show within the show, the reason we do this thing. Remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, and watch Warhammer Weekly. It's on every Wednesday. Uh, and then check out that Creature Caster uh, feed. Good night, Vince. Good night, Chat gang. Have a good one. Bye, everybody.